Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Friday, mini-disc. Mini-disc. Thank you, Jordan. Mini-discs. I said to the producer, I said, mini-discs. And as usual, the blank look. It just sort of glazes over. He said, I'm not old enough to remember mini-discs. I thought, I've got loads of them at home. And I can't remember. I've got, and I had an optical cable that connected from my... It might have been my sound system, which went into the mini-disc player. And I've still got them. Isn't that funny, the things you hang on to? I don't know why. I've still got a Sony V8 camera. It was practically, you know, the size of something you'd walk around ITV with. It was absolutely enormous. I've still got that because I don't want to get rid of it. I don't know why. It's not worth anything, I don't think. Anyway, nice to have your company and uh, to have your company, you know, usual sort of things. Elton John challenging Prince Harry to put a stop to AIDS. Is Prince Harry medically qualified or something all of a sudden? Women eight times more likely to die having sex if they smoke. I would think if you are, you're probably doing it a bit too quickly. You need to slow down a little bit. Sorry about that. Couldn't quite resist it. Actually. It just it just sort of made me laugh. You know, it's like that old thing. Did you smoke after sex? I don't know. I've never looked. Uh, Paul Hollywood tries to uh, live up to his name by cracking America. I thought that's why the marriage split up first time round. He did crack somebody in America. Uh, they shall not pass the villagers. All of a sudden, they notice travellers were about to descend on them. They go rushing into village hall. Travellers, quick, quick, quick. And, of course, they laughed. No, travellers, they're coming onto the site. And, you know, if travellers go onto the site, they just dump all their rubbish there for about a week and then they just bugger off somewhere else. And uh, I think they should all be blocked on there until they've paid to have it cleared up. Sit in your own uh, muck, then you deserve to uh, be in your own muck. Anyway, the villagers barricaded them in. And uh, so they went away. You want to see the anger on the face of the travellers, you know, thinking they've got a God-given right to drive into other people's property. But uh, the villagers, some of them lay down. And then a farmer has now blocked it with all his uh, vehicles so they can go somewhere else. And they will, probably. Uh, foul mouth Bob Geldof. What an old has-been. What a... He goes to Bob Geldof, who obviously thinks that he's a... We are the Boomtown Rats. We are the greatest rock band in the world. You haven't had a hit, matey, since about 1980-something. You are in the real world, aren't you? You're just some silly old man who plays Brentwood. I don't want to be rude to Brentwood because I love Brentwood. But to be honest with you, it's hardly the pinnacle of the rock and roll world, is it? Brentwood. You know, if you're playing the O2, Bob, we could have understood it. But uh, don't get inflated. You're not the Rolling Stones. You're not particularly talented and you're well past your sell-by. The language he was using was unbelievable. You can see it on YouTube. It's awful, isn't it, really? Even the producer went, it's just disgusting. They've had to apologise to people. Hundreds of people left because he's just an old has-been. You know, I mean, he's a has-been who wasn't anybody in the first place. I don't like Monday. Riveting, rivetingly dreary songs, I'm afraid. And then he brought out an album. I think it was a double album of greatest hits. I wasn't aware they had any hits, actually. Can't put a few little bits and put nothing particularly special. Nothing particularly special. But anyway, he uh, he sort of died the death, as they say. Died the death. Uh, Mini disc players. They got replaced with MP3 players. I bet you've got loads of VHS tapes. Uh, I have. I have. I've got loads of pre-recorded. I've got complete sets. I've got the complete catalogue of ITC. ITC owned things like Thunderbirds, all the early stuff. I mean, tons and tons of stuff. I must have... Oh, God, I wouldn't like to imagine how many I've got. Seriously, I don't know, in excess of 500? Because I I did years and years ago, and it was a long, long time ago. We did a competition on LBC to win uh, the ITC catalogue and they have loads of things including all the clips of british movies uh thunderbirds supercar uh fireball xl5 there was just tons of stuff tons and tons of stuff that came out on itc i mean it's now available i believe 
on DVD. But in those days, they, we gave it away, and then they said, would you like... Would you like a set? And I said, lovely, thank you. So they gave me a set. This huge box arrived. Well, in fact, it was two boxes. And I've still got them. They're worth nothing. They're worth nothing. You can't give away uh, things like... Even trying to sell DVDs at car boot sales, people think that they're moody. They think they're moody, so they don't bother buying them. But in fact, I've got so many uh, DVDs. I've got so many videotapes. And I've got videotapes that I recorded. Well, I haven't recorded anything in years. I just go and buy it if I wanted. I don't want to buy it. I don't, uh, I don't buy it. It's as simple as that. So I have got loads of VHS. Uh, very uh, popular in the early 2000s mini-disc. About a year, I think. And then it was... And then it was... It sort of... Um, it sort of fizzled out a little bit, didn't it, really? Matthew says, day five of six on earlier. Another day of uh, silly questions, such as, excuse me, do you work here? I always like that. Don't you like that? Excuse me? Hello? Do you work here? I never, I've never ever said to anybody, do you work here? I've never, I've just assumed. I look at somebody, because I've made the mistake before, and people have made the mistake with me. They've actually said, oh, could you help me with this? I said, I don't work here. I'm a customer. I can get quite angry, actually, at things like that. But I always laugh at it. Always laugh at it. So, um, so I always think to myself, I never would say to anybody, do you work here? Unless they're wearing a uniform and they've got a little badge on or something like that. In which case, you because I've discovered that in Marks and Spencers near me, the staff rotate their badges. So they all wear everybody else's badges so that you can... Because you're not supposed to be identifiable, are you? Not really. I mean, you know who I am because it's got jingles that say your name on the, on the programme. But in theory, you know, if, if, if somebody phones up and says to whoever answers the phone, excuse me, when you give me your name, you go, no. That's as simple as that. Yeah. No, and you put the phone down. Why would you want to give somebody your name? You don't want somebody to know you. And then they start writing to you as if they know you. Oh, hello, Kevin. You know, I spoke to you the other day, week last Tuesday. You must remember me. I've got the funny voice and I run a scout troop. You know, and you kind of think to yourself, no, no, don't that kind of thing at all. It always amazes me. Yesterday we had Naga Manchetti complaining about the fact she was being trolled by a few sad people. It'll be the same person. As I say, generally, they, they fit into a category. They've generally got some sort of illness or they're an alcoholic. And that would warrant it. We, we've got an alcoholic this morning, but she shoplifts. So that makes it marginally more interesting. And... Um, and so she was targeted by these people. And I said, the simple thing is, you just go to the police. Police trace them immediately. You get them into court. You get them into prison. End of story. But they do fit into that category of being very lonely. They sort of fantasise. They can't spell. They're generally Ill- illiterate. Uh, and they're generally... There's something the matter with that's why they, That's why they write to people they don't know. Have you ever heard of anybody writing to somebody they don't know? And sort of go... But they followed the, 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 the career for ages. So they would know everything about her, which school she went to, and this guy, because they write it all down, because they're psychotic. There's something the matter with them. They've got quite a few screws loose. They generally don't have any friends. And uh, they generally don't have anything. They generally live in a cesspit. But uh, eventually we do get them. And eventually they go to court. And then we all laugh and we put them in the newspapers. Which is great. We've got one for you today, actually. So I'll tell you about that. Uh, the appalling truth is Trump, according to Max Hastings, is as stupid and as ignorant as he's coming over. Something odd about him. It's the hair that fascinates me. Uh, Kylie Din has been silenced for good. This is a, a drunk who played his Kylie records very, very loud. And uh, the dad who scooped £14 million on the lottery decides to go back to work. And why not? Why not? Why would you not want to go back to work? You win £14 He's a plumber. He's got custody. He doesn't want to let them down. He might have won £14 Perhaps he might slow down a little bit later. But if you enjoy your, your, your job and it pays you nice money, why would you bother? Why would you bother to actually sort of, you know, do anything you know, away from the ordinary. Why would you bother stopping work? I can't believe that people would actually have, uh, have actually stopped work. Unless you've really got, unless you've really got a, a dreadful, 
a dreadful job and you absolutely hate it, well, then I could probably understand it. But, you know, if you've got a really you know, bad job and you really hate it, the, the simple answer is get out and find another job. Go and find something else that you like doing and that you get some satisfaction out of. But if I won the lottery, everybody said to me around here, they've all said exactly the same. If you won it, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to stop work. You know, exactly. Why would you want to stop work for something that gives you so much pleasure and, and you get paid for it? I never understand why anybody would ever complain about that. What is Victoria Beckham looking for? She's obviously deeply, deeply unhappy. Her marriage is sort of, you know, it's, it's neither this or that. It's neither end. It's nothing, is it, really? And so the other day they come up with another crackpot story for the, the desperately seeking Beckham's institution, which is, you know, their insatiable urge to be in the newspapers every day. Only in this country, in most countries, they've got no idea who she is at all. And so she's now looking for a place in the Cotswolds so that they can spend more family time together. And you're thinking, well, that's a lie. That's absolutely because she should have she could have spent family time together before. But as they seem to split their time, uh, you know, Brooklyn spends a lot of his time in America. Dave spends most of his time just chatting to other girls down at the gym. We had a nice picture of that one the other day. She'll be bloody furious. She'll be going up. Who is she? Who is she? It's just some just some girl I met. Who is she? You can imagine, can't you? <laughs> she must get really jealous. And so, you know, just in an effort to sort of placate her, they have another child. And so she's just like a baby. She, I really love you, darling. Look, another baby. There we go. That proves I love you. No, it doesn't. I knew somebody like that. His wife caught him cheating. And uh, in an effort to prove to her that he really didn't want to split up because he was too tight, uh, he, he managed to get her pregnant again, thus proving to her that he really did love her. But unfortunately, while she was pregnant, he carried on seeing the other girl. And, uh, and then he had another one on the go as well, and the wife never knew anything about them. It was all a bit... And I, in, in a situation like that, you ask yourself, you know, do you tell the wife? I do, straight away. You know he's cheating, don't you? Two girls. I was trying to, tell, I was trying to get through to Jordan. This is Jordan, the, uh, the uh, at the moment, loose women person. And, uh, and say, look, you know, Kieran's cheating with two of your best friends. So, sorry, but it just makes us laugh. Because uh, obviously you're not much cop in the bedroom department, are you? And let's face it, they don't last five minutes. You know, that's what people always say. Well, she's a glamour model. You go, no, she poses. She's got about as much sex appeal as a dead fish. Seriously. Seriously, it's a bit embarrassing, but there you go. You, know, you can't do anything about it, can you? Uh, we will have the usual sort of celeb fest. Uh, on the programme this morning, including the latest internet troll who's been jailed, the first double hand transplant. There's one for you, Jordan. A double hand transplant. Uh, also, um, biggest moans, EasyJet, the most complained about company. But didn't they used to do a programme on the telly, which was about EasyJet? And they'd be standing there, they'd be going, oh, just like to check in for the Dublin flight. You can't, it's gone. And you go, oh, please, can you not just. No. And they were so arrogant at EasyJet. I always vowed then. I think they used to film at EasyJet Liverpool. And so, so you get the combination of a chronically awful airline, which gets the most complaints, and people with a horrible accent. You're right there. No, the plane's gone. You can't take it. No, I'm sorry about that. No, this is EasyJet, dear. We're not BA. And uh, so, <laughs> so they used to have these people who'd say, look, we've been, we've been caught in a traffic jam. Not my problem, is it? And they'd start, God, they were arrogant. Oh, my God, where they got these people from? I've got no idea. But we would sit there every week and watch it. And then they decided, finally, to get rid of it. But they had one of the campus blokes on there who worked for... I think he was EasyJet. Anyway, it then turned out he was straight. Must be something about airline staff. Why do they masquerade as gay people when they're heterosexual? Is this some ploy to pull more women? 
because women are strangely than I can change you. I can change you. And he looked at this bloke, and he, I can't remember what his name was, but his teeth needed doing. And, uh, and they had a bloke on the jewellery channel the other day. I'm, I'm strangely addicted, as you know, to, um, to these firms selling this garbage on the television. It's, uh, this is, now, I've never heard of half the jewels that they come up with, but this bloke was camp as a Christmas tree. And I don't know where they got him from. He must have been a friend of the owner, because he certainly had no talent in selling the garbage he was coming up with. And then he opened his mouth, and then you saw that he had tombstones in it. Oh, it was dreadful. And they've got some really old woman working on one of them. Her hands, seriously, they're so old. I mean, unbelievably old. And you think, no, no. And then they had some dreadful girl who was obviously toading up to the boss's son or something. That was a bit embarrassing to watch because she was just irritating in the extreme. They all look as though they failed somethings. And I can't work out what they were failed at before they ended up doing that kind of stuff. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, one day, says Dean, those mini-discs may be worth something. Listen, I hang on to loads of things in the effort that it might be worth something. I told you, I've still got Furbies. I must have about ten Furbies. Uh, plus, I've got two ETs, all still boxed. I've got, uh, I've got uh, two Daleks, all fully boxed, nothing, nothing touched at all. I've got loads of stuff. I could open a small museum. Dorman Dom says, I'm a seven-morning-a-week spiker, which is just as well, because I'm... A seven-morning-a-week presenter. The only seven-morning-a-week presenter, as far as I know, on any radio station. I don't think that there are any other radio stations that have uh, seven-day-a-week seven presenters. Interesting one, that, isn't it? Yeah, huge round of applause. Or, as the producer said, let's give Steve Allen the clap he so richly deserves. It's so nice, isn't it, really? I like things like that. Uh, me too. I love mini-discs so much, Steve. The quality couldn't be beaten. MP3 sounded flat, plus they were used in pro-music jobs like yours. I gave my last MD player to my sister, one of your producers. If I had my way, they would, uh, they would bring them back. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've kept all this stuff. Mind you, I grew up with cassettes. You know, in my, and an 8-track. Remember an 8-track player? I used to have an 8-track player. And in my car, it had a cassette uh, player. And I used to have all these cassettes. And after a while, you couldn't really find the boxes. I'm like that at home with DVDs. I take them out of the box and I lose the box because I've got so many thousands of these blooming things. But uh, anyway, I'm looking forward to getting the eyes tested on uh, Monday. And uh, looking forward to being with you this morning until 6.30 because we're like that. It's a little bit Disney this morning. I'm in a very, very good mood. We get paid on Monday. Whee! Whee! I love it when we get paid. I love it when we get paid full stop, actually, because that's kind of the that's the that's the nice thing, isn't it? When you sort of you've you've done your month's work and then and then they give you some money and then you've got to pay it all out to the tax man because it's tax tax month. End of July, they've got to pay it. So we count down the days, but it's all right. I'm a good boy. I've saved me money. Saved me money. Uh, the loose women bosses are trying to shake up the series. Well, just just close it down. If they were thinking of putting Peter Andre on there as some sort of regular bait for the women because he's so dumb. I mean, seriously, I mean, he is like his own little oil slick, isn't he? Very greasy. Very... I thought he'd stop being on television. I thought that's what we were told anyway. Or was it that they couldn't get a... get a... <laughs> any sort of work for him? Uh, Trevor says, the current status of your lovely new shirts, I have to tell you, due to the help of the wonderful folk at DHL, uh, it was all there. So we went through all the hierarchy, as you know, and uh, very good they were too, very, very good. And so yesterday we were, we were backwards and forwards uh, because the, the shirts had arrived from America and then all they had to do was kind of get to me. And that was the problem because I'm never in half the time. And so we eventually uh, found them, which was lovely, 
And so then I had to appeal because the, the problem was that um, we've had a new computer uh, system installed and it, it, it sort of it lost all of my previous uh, emails. So I'd saved all the DHL stuff in a, in a folder, which then vanished before my eyes. And I was I was slightly disturbed by it. So I had to appeal on the programme yesterday to say, basically, can you help me at DHL? Well, luckily, DHL came through with flying colours. And uh, after about uh, six emails from sort of, you know, top people to other people to other people to other people, we eventually got it all sorted out. And uh, and it was it was fantastic because we eventually we eventually got through to to Gary Taylor. Gary Taylor then contacted Alan Wormsley. Alan Wormsley then contacted somebody called Suki. And so yesterday afternoon, I went and picked up my parcel and only had to walk in the door of DHL. Bearing in mind, I've not been up there for a good five months. Good five months. And the lady behind the desk, who's lovely, she went, hello. And I thought, perhaps she's just saying hello. She can't remember who I am. No, she went straight to the cupboard and and picked out my my parcel. And it was my my shirts. So, woo, very excited. So I took them straight back. And uh, I think I I ordered four. I think it was four shirts. But four shirts is quite a lot of money. Quite That's about £600, including sort of taxes and everything else. But they do last a lot. I'm not wearing one this morning. But they do last a long time. I mean, literally years later, they still look as good as the day they were they were bought. So I'm going to buy some more next week, I think, and have those uh, DHL'd over again. Again, poor old Gary and Alan and Suki and everybody else. We're going, not him again, this poor bloke. But it was really good. It was, it was actually, ironically, as I was taking them to the dry cleaners to get them pressed, because I don't have an iron, um, there were two DHL vans there. What? I'm just explaining a story. I'm just trying, just trying to tell bit. My boss says he loves it when I tell stories on air. <laughs> and one of my other, one of my other friends in the business, when he, he comes up from Whitstable, he says, uh, he said, nobody tells a story like you do. <laughs> so sometimes people say to me, I love listening to your stories. And I go, they're not, st- I'm just telling you what happened in my life. I'm just telling you yesterday. And then when, you know, I got my hair cut, but not in my usual place. I had to go somewhere else, which I feel a bit guilty about. I mean, and don't look at me like that. I do have my hair cut. You have to. Even the woman there said it needs styling, doesn't it? I wasn't sure if she was taking the mickey out of me or not. But anyway, so I, I got my hair cut. And then yesterday, I, um, I had a very nice, it was just a very nice day, actually. But I'm so angry that I forgot to water the baskets this morning. I did them last night, but I didn't do them this morning. What? It, 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 what's the matter with you? Ads? Oh, ads! No, what you have to say is paying the rent. OK, like this. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Towie stars, um, Corrie stars, sorry, have been told not to get tans. Now, I don't know, you're probably aware or you're not aware that if you're in show business, you cannot just have a tan. You know, if you're working in Emmerdale, you can't just turn up looking as though you've just been to the Caribbean for two weeks because it doesn't fit in with the storyline. It's going to look stupid. You know, one minute there you are pale as a milk bottle, the next minute you look like a creosoted fence. You know, you've got to make sure that there is some sort of continuity. So they basically said to them, listen, you are not allowed to go and get a tan unless it fits into the storyline. Of course, most of the time it wouldn't. If you were working in poor old Manchesterford, the likelihood of you getting a tan is pretty remote, isn't it? Pretty remote. What will they do to loose women to try and tighten it up a bit? Most of their contracts are up at the moment. Who would we get rid of off loose women? 
I think we'd have to get rid of most of them, actually. I think Janet Street Porter is way too ancient to still be working. And uh, she's also... There's something... She's not all there in the brain department. I think Colleen Nolan has seen better days. In fact, I don't know when they were, but I think uh, definitely she's seen better days. And um, who else would you get rid of? I don't know, actually. There's a few I want to keep on there. I want to keep Jane Moore, because I like Jane Moore. And, uh, and a few other people, but I'm not interested in silly little attention seekers. They really absolutely get my goat. Laurie says, about 20 years ago, I had a whole series of Thunderbirds on VHS, all unplayed. Each tape signed individually by Sylvia Anderson. Are they worth anything? Um, might be. Might be. If it's a complete collection. If it's a complete collection. Well, each one has been signed. A bit bizarre, isn't it, to have the whole... Or is it, or is it just, you know, one box set is signed? Well, each individual tape is signed. That would be a bit a bit unusual. Mainly if somebody had something like that, they wouldn't. I mean, we had uh, we had uh, uh, signatures of both Jerry and Sylvia Anderson. We had to get them done separately because they didn't speak to each other in later years. So it didn't help. But they were responsible for bringing us some of the best television. I think that we've uh, we've seen in a in a long while. Weather for today: warm sunshine. Oh, here we go. Scattered thundery showers. Yeah. I should be standing out there like a monsoon. Drench me now, please. Uh, variable clouds, sunny intervals, scattered, slow-moving thundery showers, developing localised downpours. Makes it sound quite posh, doesn't it? If you're a new listener, and maybe your uh, your English is not brilliant, it's going to rain. Rain. OK? Just tell people. You know, if I say localised downpours, nobody knows what the hell I'm talking about. Localised downpours. What I have in the driver the other day said to me, would you like to listen to your colleagues on the radio? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I thought it was such a quaint expression and I thought perhaps if you've learnt English would you like to listen to your colleagues it's like working with your colleagues but would you like to listen to your colleagues because I've got such a choice in this building I can wander onto every floor in and out of every toilet and hear different radio stations which is nice isn't it I quite like that idea and this morning you know came in good mood saw the producer bad mood and um, you know no you're right. seriously you're alright this morning you're alright no seriously nothing. nothing it's fine seriously nothing to worry about at the moment. It's, um... No, that's what the pilot says, isn't it, when he's in, when he's in the plane. And he, uh... And he says, uh, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. That's your captain speaking. There's nothing to worry about. And then he just turns off the microphone. And people sit... And then all of a sudden you hear the panic building backstage. Mind you, there is a story about an aeroplane in the papers today. Only I can, uh, team in a story about an aeroplane on this programme. And this is a plane that, uh, that took off. Uh, uh, it was going to... Crete, and there was the, the overwhelming stench of cannabis on the plane, so they had to uh, turn it round and come back and find out. I mean, who would have got through with sort of cannabis? They have drug dogs at the airport, don't they? Oh, lovely pictures in one, one of my producer's favourites. This is Margot Robbie doing some... Um, some posing on a board. Luckily, with she's obviously determined. She's obviously got herself a new agent. Let's get some pictures on your board, can we? Can we have you exposing a bit of flesh? Well, that, the boys will like that. He loved this picture this morning. What are you doing? Oh, he smells fruit. Seriously, it's uh, you're eating it. Okay, it's an orange, isn't it? It's a satsuma. They're quite nice, actually. I think they're quite. You don't need to smell it. Just put it in your mouth. They're quite nice, actually. I mean, I think so. This morning, I've had uh, I've had two satsumas. Which is very nice. And a sandwich. Which is OK. And I might have a, a peach later on. The peaches are really nice. They were really good. Yes, they just drip. You put, take a little, you know, pop it in your mouth and it drips down your chin. And it, oh, God, honestly. You've got to make sure you're wearing an old shirt. Otherwise, you know, if you're wearing a nice, clean white shirt, you're just going to look ridiculous, aren't you? With sort of drips all over it. Luckily, you're not wearing a clean white shirt, are you? 
it's a nice shirt. It's obviously an old favourite of yours. And uh, obviously one... You know, yeah, well, I've, oh, twice. You bought it twice in two weeks. At least I recycle my clothes. Goodness sake. I mean, I wear a different shirt every day and you won't see me, you know, rotating for about four weeks. <laughs> Somebody said to me yesterday, said, how many shirts do you need? How many are there in the world? You never have too many shirts, can you? It's like it's like going to the wardrobe and you open and you take it out and you go, I think I'll wear that one today. And you go, sometimes I go, no, I'll just throw it on one side and go pick another one out. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Oh, thank God it's Friday. Thank God. it. You get, I feel on Friday you can put your feet up. I feel on Friday you can let yourself go and just get... Do you know, it's the weekend. It doesn't matter how bad your week has been and nothing will match the unluckiness of Oliver Pugh. He's known as Mr Unlucky. Why? At 26, he had cancer. He had a heart attack. Three bouts of meningitis. MRSA. Paralysis. He lost half his thumb, and then his wife left him for his best man at his wedding. <laughs> but he's still smiling, you know, because it can't get any worse. Can let's face it. And they've got a picture of the of the wife called Grace, and a picture of of Joe, who looks a bit Neanderthal. And uh, uh, Oliver, it just goes to prove, doesn't it? You, no matter how fit you are, you can still get all sorts of problems. He was um, a judo champion and all the rest of it. But he discovered his wife was having an affair with his friend of 20 years who did the honours. He's a, he's a kung fu champion. Then they found a cancerous tumour in his back. Later contracted the meningitis three times after the spinal cord became infected. Then he lost half his thumb. And then his uh, marriage was falling apart. He had a heart attack. And then he had temporary paralysis. He runs a, a bar in Buxton. He found out about his uh, cheating wife's affair with his friend Joe Felsted by tracking her iPhone to his house in October, amazingly, ten days later, the bloke started to build bridges. And after being given the all-clear by doctors, Oliver has forgiven Joe, who even helps out at his bar. Slightly odd relationship. Mind you, I, I, only a year ago, Samantha Fox's girlfriend died of cancer. Samantha Fox has now found somebody already. In a year! It won't take long to find somebody. How long are you supposed to grieve for? I'm never too sure with, with sort of grieving. Whether or not, who did I talk to the other day? Oh, that's right. I was speaking to um, one of the guests that we've got coming up uh, on in conversation for this week, and I was talking about after after my father died, and uh, and so um, Hunter Davis said to me, he said he said, uh, did your mother remarry? I said, good God, no. I said, absolutely not. I said I wouldn't have coped with that at all. I said the idea of your mother going out with somebody else after. Your father had died. No, thank you. I know people do. I'm quite well aware of it. But I don't think I'd have coped with it very well. She wouldn't have done it anyway. I don't think she would have done it. Uh, Biggest moans are in EasyJet. Yes, the firm faced 5,500 compensation claims in the first half of the year. Ryanair was not far behind with 4,800, followed by Thomas Cook. Uh, Lowest was uh, Monarch, 1,574. EasyJet... Pointed out it carries more passengers than any other airline. They boast a very good rating for helping passengers. Yeah, very good is not particularly brilliant, is it? But, I mean, it's easy, Jet. You get what you pay for. Uh, poor Leonardo DiCaprio. What was that girl you fancy? They've got a load of girls that he, he had flown out. No, no, no. No, the other one that you liked. No, who's the... Whitmore, yeah. It's so funny because he's, he's flown loads of people out uh, to all, you know, campaign for him. And yet no mention 
Of poor old Whitmore in here at all, honestly. She really was the old has-been that turned up. They've got uh, loads of people, loads of people. Sophia Ritchie, Constance Stablonski, uh, Joan Smalls. They're all sort of model-type creatures. You could tell by the sort of the posing. In fact, when you want to... Oh, they're all models, actually. Uh, Anja Rubik, she's a model as well. But there again, you know, if you're in Russia and you've got average looks, you're a model. It's either that or a hooker. You know, it, it's, it, there's no thin line. They did a huge piece in one of the papers years ago on the Russian hookers in London. And uh, they hang around in all the top bars and they look quite glamorous compared to the usual rough things that you get. And, um, and so the, but they were looking for men with money. They weren't interested in anything else. They were just looking for, you take me shopping in Garrard. You buy nice jewellery for me. That's what they're after. I'm always amazed that men pay for it. I, can, I never quite get to grips with why people want to go to lap dancing clubs and pay somebody who's not remotely interested in them to dance for them. You know, I'll put a video up of myself dancing on YouTube if it's going to be any help to anybody. I could be dancing, you know, around a pole or something like that. <laughs> I don't think it'd be working, would it? Uh, cassette tapes can stretch on repeated use. Well, I mean, I haven't used cassette tapes. I've got drawers full of cassette tapes. I really must throw the blooming things out, actually. I must have a complete clear-out of my drawers. Somebody said, um, will travellers still be able to travel and dump their rubbish after Brexit? I don't know. I have no idea. I just know that they dump a load of rubbish. They've dumped it all around our way before now, and it costs thousands of pounds to clear it up, and the councils do nothing. Nothing. I'd block them in. I'm sorry, unless you cough up, cough up the money. Come on, you don't pay tax. Cough up the money, and uh, then we can afford to get all this rubbish cleared up. Because the moment they've actually decimated a site, they just pack up and move on. Filth. Absolute filth. You know, they, they should be learn, you know, learn how to respect the countryside and learn you know, that people have to live together in harmony. But they, they seem blissfully unaware. You want to see the contorted faces of these people confronting the villages. Oh, dear. Of course, they've all got their shirts off. <laughs> if you're fat and unattractive, please, please don't. Uh, we now sell flat peaches at Sainsbury's. Good God, you're way out of time. We've been buying them for a year. More than two years now. I've got flat peaches here. This is... Uh, can I just take a... It's absolutely delicious. Absolutely delicious. Something about, I'll tell you what I don't like with peaches. They've got a stone in. That's the only problem. Don't you wish you could just eat it? It's like mango. I adore mango, but it's got a blooming stone in the middle of it. It's not the easiest thing to eat. Not the easiest thing to eat, but still lovely. And still, I'm sure, good for you. Uh, Steve, according to press release, the police didn't advise her to cancel her surgeries. That was her choice. Um... Well, it says the police in the paper because they can't guarantee her safety. They can't guarantee her safety. So that's what you, you've got to, be, uh, got to be careful of, haven't you, really? I mean, there's so many people after that uh, lad was nearly abducted the other day. Uh, all tapes individually signed. Pass them on to Gosh, says Laurie. Um, I don't know. Try them on eBay. And then, I mean, there's no point in passing them on to Gosh, is there? Because then they, they're stuck with something. Which, in fact, if you sell them, then you can give them the money. And that way it sort of, it makes it easier for them, as opposed to them having to put them on eBay or something like that. And also, I don't know whether they'd be able to do anything with them. I really don't. Um, Kelvin McKenzie has had more complaints about his, uh, about his comments a few days ago about the woman wearing a hijab. And uh, he's picked up on it again today in his column. Uh, Bob Geldof, I mean, really, what an old has-been. There he turns up in Brentwood... Hundreds of families uh, stormed out after he insulted them. He slammed the boring and tame audience. Many of them hit back, blasting the uh, dreadful headlines set at the Brentwood Festival. Sir Bob, who's 64, but behaves like a really old, out-of-touch nobody, says, you're wearing wall-to-wall effing Primark. This is a rock-and-roll festival, he said. 
What la- they must have stood there in Brentwood because they used to sing silly show-offs in Brentwood, going, "What is he on about? What is he on about?" When you come to a rock and roll festival, he said, "You dress for a rock and roll festival." Amid boos, he went on, "What are you booing for? We're in effing Brexit land here, guys. Yeah, we're Irish. We're still in Europe." And then during a performance of I Don't Like Mondays, he stayed silent for 90 seconds. I mean, to be honest with you, the festival's coordinator, Laurie Edmonds, says we were disappointed there was so much swearing. We wanted it to be a family event. Why, you booked Bob Gelder. He's an old has-been. Seriously, you'd been better off booking Buck's Fizz. Far more appealing to a family audience. I mean, we could have danced along. You can't dance or anything The boom town. And Bob Gelder is so firmly stuck in the 1970s. I mean, you can't change him, can you? Look at the state of him. He's going, I'm wearing fake leopards and fake uh, snakeskin suit and all the rest of it. And they, oh, God, honestly. Nothing worse than an old has-been from years ago trying to think that he's still in rock and roll. Rock and roll? He was never in rock and roll. He had to sort of, you know, eat humble pie on more than one occasion. So uh, I'm afraid uh, bad marks there, very bad marks. And apologies, apologies to all the children who were offended by nasty foul-mouthed man. Nasty foul-mouthed man. But thank God he, uh, he, he, went, uh, he went quiet. For 90 seconds. Mark says, what happened to Sally the Burke? Oh, Sally Burko? I don't know. She kind of disappeared. She got reined in by her husband. I think basically do that again, darling, in her out in your ear. You know, I mean, she's, uh, she wasn't the most pleasant. She was another one who got caught up in the media frenzy of being a celebrity. And uh, so she posed with that silly sheet, making herself out to be a complete, a complete wazzock. And then she um, turned up with uh, that gypsy, didn't she? On a, on a reality show, and then she went to stay with him, and that was another reality show. And the whole thing was just some vehicle for a... And then she had an affair. Then she had an affair. Oh dear, honestly. Poor cow. And uh, then she had to move out, and then she had to eat humble pie and come back in again. And now she's had to learn. Do it again, dear, and you're out on your ear. OK? That's a threat. Because she was, she was not known as Sally the Burke for nothing. So uh, she was pictured out with him the other day, I think. I can't remember why, actually. Perhaps she was out there. Perhaps she was sort of walking behind him or something, doing something. I don't know. Who knows? Who cares? Doesn't make any difference, does it? 84850, steve at uk, And um, they've, they've tested some underwear that could pass for a bikini. And so they've sent people out, uh, some poor girl, eating a 99, wearing a bikini. They've sent her through a park. Nobody's taking a blind bit of notice. I suppose because if you see somebody in their swimwear, I mean, I saw somebody walking down the street the other day um, with their shirt off. I don't know whether it should be made illegal. People walking about with their shirts off. I mean, I said to the producer, Chris, the other day, I said, you wouldn't walk down the street with your shirt off, would you? And he said, uh, no. Well, I wouldn't either. It's just, it's not necessary. Producer, this morning, he wouldn't do that. He might do that back at home if he was at the beach, you know, with with an ice cream in his hand, but... uh, Dripping down his body. But he uh, but he wouldn't do it round here. You wouldn't walk round Peckham, would you, with your shirt off? Unless you really are a chav. Unless you really are somebody of limited intelligence. You don't find people walking around Chelsea with it. In fact, if anything, in Chelsea, they kind of overdress for the sunshine. You wouldn't find anybody in Chelsea unless they were a workman and an overseas visitor walking around with a shirt off. Nobody does it. You just don't do it. There's certain things which you don't do. And walking around with your, your shirt off is one of them. You just, you just don't do that sort of thing. Hopefully not as hot today. Hopefully not as hot today. Because we had, uh, we've had enough heat. I don't want any more heat for a few days, actually. In fact, I'll be delighted when we have a little bit of rain later on today. That will just about... That'll be delightful. That will be absolutely delightful. And uh, another one here. Pauline says, uh, imagine you pole dancing. 
Well, uh, to be honest with you, I don't think I could actually lift my carcass up a pole. I've seen people doing it. They sort of demonstrate it on the television every so often just to keep sort of Eamon Holmes happy because he's a bit like that. You know, he's a bit leery, isn't he? And um, and so they, they like those sort of things. They, they laughed the other day. They actually laughed at some older woman who had a who had a younger boyfriend. I think the woman was 70 and the boyfriend was about 19. And they sort of go, Ooh, and they laughed at it. And yet you look at Paul Ruth stuck there with that sort of geriatric sitting next to her. And you kind of feel a modicum of sympathy, don't you, at the same time? Uh, the Isle of Anglesey. God, I don't even know where the Isle of Anglesey is. I'm sure it's absolutely delightful. Whether it's delightful at this time of the morning, I don't know. I looked at a lovely house in Ireland the other day, only on the internet, just to see, uh, just to see what it looked like. And it looked absolutely gorgeous. It really did. Never been there. Never been. Perhaps I should go one day. Perhaps I should go and just sort of have a look and uh, and try and make it out. Uh, 84850, heard you talking about the man with the 27 kids. I'm his cousin. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, I moved away from Withensy 23 years ago. He was working on the side at the fairground. He's never had any seizures, just a bit of a lazy layabout. Yeah, he's... Uh, I don't think he's got 27 children. I think he's a liar. I think he's only got about probably 10 or 11 because uh, he's not that. And uh, he, he did fairground work. He's just parasitical. We know that. But anyway, he's in prison for 12 years. So I didn't really come into it. But I, I take the point, actually. I take the point. Uh, Gavin says, have you ever Googled yourself? What on earth for? That would be a bit stupid, wouldn't it? A little bit stupid. Mind you, I've, I've, we've come across poor old Gavin before, actually. Gavin's not the brightest penny in the box. And uh, why would you Google yourself unless you're really sad? I bet you've Googled yourself. You must be really disappointed to find out there's nothing on you at all. <laughs> Uh, check out uh, a son uh, uh, oh lord honestly why would I check out BBC local radio at any time at any way why would I do that I work in commercial radio you know I don't want to work in something that's funded by myself anyway you know I'm sure it's absolutely lovely and I've heard of the other one but uh, again they don't have any audience I only work for successful stations that have audiences so you know the BBC, radio, anywhere. You know, I wouldn't, you know, they've got about three people listening to it. That's the person on air, the producer, and generally the one person who's driving outside or sitting on reception, and even they're not enamoured by it. And the other one, I'm afraid, I wouldn't listen to ever. It's not cool at all. It's, uh, it's just got no audience. I can't listen to someone with no audience. You know, it's got no... I'm only listening to professional stations, and, uh, and that's, you know, that's the way it works, I think. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. So funny when you look at the pictures of ageing has been poor old Bob Geldof thinking he's reached the pinnacle of rock and roll success by playing Brentwood, if you please. And uh, the audience just going, we've had enough of this, swearing at them and everything else when there's children in the audience, really unnecessary. And uh, proving once and for all that he, he's just totally out of touch and doesn't know how to behave. He just really doesn't. And of course, I mean, they were never that successful. You know, he was never he was never a U2 Never a U2, but the Stones are going on tour. He was never a Rolling Stones, but he seems to think he is, but he's playing Brentwood. You know, if he was playing the O2 or, you know, the Miami Dolphins Arena in America, I could understand it. But, you know, the best gig he's going to get is Brentwood. And after this, nobody's going to book him at all. So, I mean, who cares? Who cares? Go back to where you came from, matey. Obscurity. The Stones are on tour. What is their combined ages? 298. 298. Going to prove you can still do it. Still do it at 298 years old. Uh, the REF kidnap plot sparking a manhunt. Uh, they will find... What amazes me is they say we've now got a tightened security. What do you mean we've now got to tighten security? Was security not tightened and heightened before? If it wasn't, then somebody's head needs to roll over it. Uh, this victim was jogging near REF 
Marham Air Base when two men of Middle Eastern appearance confronted him. Uh, the servicemen fought back and punched one to the ground before fleeing. Detectives are probing if the pair are trying to carry out an attack similar to the one that killed Lee Rigby. RAF Marham is home to uh, four squadron of tornado bombers which have been flying raids uh, from a forward base in Cyprus against ISIS. So uh, that's it. I mean, uh, presumably there are cameras around there. There must be CC. They'll be able to find the vehicle. Shouldn't take them long. Uh, they were in a Ford Galaxy style people carrier. The first was 20 to 30, six foot tall, stocky. That's another word for fat with dark hair, long on top and a well-groomed beard. So he'll be shaving that hair off very fast. The accomplice was younger, slimmer, five foot ten, tall and clean shaven. They're treating it as an attempted abduction. So there you go. And uh, they will catch them. They will catch them. I mean, it's undoubtedly because they're generally a bit thick, these people. Uh, or failing that, they'll do the decent thing and throw themselves off the pier or something. Uh, a dad... Oh, is it, oh, sorry, he's in all the papers. I feel sorry, actually, for him now because he's, uh, he's Mr Unlucky, Oliver Pugh. But it's funny how he's, uh, he's, sort of, he's grown close to the bloke who, who bedded his wife. You'd have thought he wanted to kill him, but apparently not. Uh, Ollie Murs. My God, there's loads about Ollie Murs, isn't there, really? He says, filling in for Jeremy Clarkson... He says he felt like Chris Evans filling in for Jeremy Clarkson when he replaced Dermot O'Dreary on The X Factor. Uh, also, Daisy Lowe is out with um, some bloke, I don't know, who, called Luke Evans, who looks very old to be going into a club. She's a model, apparently, Daisy Lowe, just in case you weren't aware of who she, uh, if she was. And uh, Leanne Payne is officially a solo artist. And uh, he signed a multi-album contract with Capitol Records, home to Sam Smith and Five Seconds of Summer. There you go. Watch out, Zayn Malik. Liam's on the way. That's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? Especially if poor old Cheryl Spagbol kind of disappears without trace, which, of course, there is every every uh, every event of that happening, I think. Sounds like Sweary Bob has a chip on his shoulder. Could it be his failed Live Aid project or failed parenthood? Well, I don't think he failed at Live Aid at all. That was terribly successful. It just it didn't stop the problem because there's so much corruption in these countries that, in fact, you'd have thought with the amount of money raised and Live Aid and We Are The World and all that kind of stuff and the records and the celebrities going out there, that they would have solved the problem. But they haven't because there's corruption. And where there's corruption, there's despots. And where there's despots, they take the money. And the convoy trucks were hijacked. And uh, as a parent, I mean, I don't know what he's like. I just know that the kids appear to be off the rails. Uh, you only had to watch the, uh, the Peaches Geldof documentary which was in America, to realise that, I mean, she was completely off her trolley. Completely off her trolley. Uh, Steve, make sure you include Northern Ireland, and I'll show you the sights of Belfast. Uh, that's somebody from Bangor in County Down. It sounds quite nice, actually, Bangor in County Down. And I'm with you on Bob uh, Gone Off Try Singing. I don't like Mondays in a good voice. Even worse, says Daniel. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's just, he was never a singer. He just thought he was. That was the trouble. Anglesey is close to the Menai Straits and Bangor in North Wales, says Pat. All right. Well, you see, we learn something new every day. We have people listening to this programme and this station around the world. Around the world. And uh, that's the way I like it. I like lots and lots of different people uh, listening. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. I like the idea that the man who got the 15 million quid has gone back to work. Those people are saying, oh, you've got 15 million quid, why don't you go back to work? Because he loves working. He likes his job. What are you going to do? You've got 15 million quid. Are you going to sit at home and sort of contemplate your navel or something like that? Put chips, you know, put salt in there so you can dip the chips in. No, of course you're not. You're going to get back there and do something. And once you've done the holiday, and in fact, they did do the holiday, if you remember, before they won the money. So they're not going to be doing a holiday anytime, uh, anytime soon. 
later and have another pinch. I, um, so I would, I would do the same. Exactly the same. I wouldn't do anything any different. For one 15 million quid. I mind you, winning 15 million is not much use to me. Not much use to I don't want to double my savings. I quite like the idea of winning 72 million. 72 million. That would be just fantastic. I could treat everybody in the building here. So, you know, I'd, I'd give them all a bottle of water. Uh, or failing that, I'd just go and buy lots of lottery tickets. What people do is that people buy lottery tickets and they, they, you know, hoping that you can win some money on it. I don't know what I'd do. I'd probably actually, judging, you know, by the people I know in this building, I think I'd give them all um, vouchers for sort of M&S or Waitrose or something like that. You know, give people £100 worth of vouchers, all the people I work with. Well, only those people who would be used to shopping in Waitrose or M&S. If it was somebody who was used to Lidl or Morrison's. You hear the story about Morrison's the other day, incidentally. The mess that they're in anyway, having closed down all their little uh, corner shop units, or most of them. Uh, a school teacher decided to treat the kids, because it was the hottest day in the year, to lollies. So she went in to buy 52 ice lollies. They wouldn't sell them to her. They said because that would use all our stock up and other people have got to have them. Well, small wonder your business is going under. I mean, come on, for goodness sake. She wanted to buy 52 lollies for school kids. So if they all came in individually, I'd like to buy a lot. What are you going to do? Get to the 10th kid and go, I'm sorry, we're sensing a conspiracy here. We're not going to sell you any more lollies. The kids go, I want a lolly. (laughs) And you know what kids are like when they start screaming? They don't know what what they're screaming about. But boy, do they scream. Have you sat on the bus one? I, I sat on the bus. And this kid was screaming. It was in a pushchair or something. The mother was blissfully unaware. We all have to sit there and listen. It'd be like saying, why don't you stick a lollipop in its mouth or something? Sitting there listening to a screaming. Some mothers are just so unfit for purpose. 84850, Steve, at uk. And uh, what else have I got this morning? A lot of people were telling me about uh, Bangor in County Down, which is good. And the scam alert. I've been stopped twice in the city in the last two weeks. And... Um, uh, lots of people uh, putting uh, all sorts of... Th- I can't mention that because it sounds racist, Raymond, as you can imagine it does. Uh, in fact, it sounds very, very racist. So uh, not not for us this morning, thank you very much indeed. I know probably you don't see it as racist, but uh, it comes over as being very racist. And uh, so that could get you into a bit of trouble. Uh, there's Oh, some poor woman here. This is a lady called Natalie Beaumont. Natalie's married and she goes to Malaga. It's a hen party. And she has, um, I think she's got an abscess. Uh, and she has her tooth drained. Now, I don't know if you've ever had an abscess. It is agony. And they drained the tooth and it turned septic. She died. She died. Her husband couldn't believe it. He said one minute she was absolutely fine. And uh, the next minute she was taken to hospital in agony. And uh, it was just a routine operation to drain a tooth abscess. Because what they, they generally do, if they're draining a tooth abscess, they isolate which, which tooth it is, and then they've got a long drill, and they drill up through the tooth, because the abscess... Sorry. The abscess is a little lake. Oh, pull yourself together. What is the matter with you? Goodness sake. So above the tooth, imagine, it's like a little lake. And what you have to do... That lake is pushing down on the root, and it's causing deep deep pain. So what you have to do, have it drained. So they get a long drill, about three foot long, and they drill up into the tooth, up through the middle of the tooth. And the idea is, once they hit the little lake, it drains out. Okay, and then they have to sort of drain it to make sure it's all clean. Well, this obviously turns septic, so she's doing karaoke. She collapses in absolute agony, so it was obviously not done very well, and she dies. For all those people who've got abscesses at the moment, if if you've had one, 
It's uh, it's the worst thing ever. It's it's a roughly equivalent to backache, and backache is the worst thing you can ever have. I think toothache, toothache, backache. Can't think what else would would be as bad actually. Um, backache is really bad. You know where you go. Oh God! It's almost like somebody shin- shunting you around, or you know, on your uh, on your hips. Not very good at all. So, um, but she obviously had it done badly, and uh, poor soul. So she, uh, her husband can't believe it. So they're, they're having to bring her body back home, and then presumably they'll do some autopsy. It might turn out not to be anything like that. It might turn out to be something completely different. But at the moment, it does seem odd, doesn't it? You could probably link the two together. But anything to do with pain, we don't do very well, do we? And just remember, you don't need to buy all the big brand names. You can just buy tablets, 36p as opposed to £3.18. I know people are always writing in to me saying, oh, how can we save money? How can we do this? How can we do that? You advise people and then people go off and spend a a small fortune on things. Coming up to the news at five o'clock this morning, the the UK's first double hand transplant. I mean, this is is somebody else's hands. They've given him somebody else's hands. Amazing. Uh, The one-year-old girl's hand was blistered after she put her hand on a hot slide in a park. You'd have thought the mother would have been slightly more intelligent. She's expecting the council to do something about it. I'll tell you about it in a minute. Um, Kylie and the man who was playing her record very loudly has finally had his equipment uh, destroyed. The prison drone flyer gets jailed. The loose women bosses trying to shake up the series to push it to success. And you're more likely to be mugged online than on the streets. All of that and more on LBC this morning. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's Friday, 22nd of July. It's nearing the end of the month. I bet you're all breathing a sigh of relief, aren't you? If you've had a terrible month, you're probably going to be glad to see the back of uh, that one. The UK's first double hand transplant, which is, I mean, really just the most amazing technology. He's getting used to having somebody else's hand. How you get used to that, I've got no idea. The appalling... Truth, according to some of the papers today, is that Donald Trump is as stupid and ignorant as he seems. Uh, the one-year-old girl's hand blistered after she puts her hand on a hot slide in a park. The latest internet troll jailed. It's getting better by the day, isn't it? The dad who scooped 14 million on the lottery goes back to work. And the loose women bosses try to shake up the series and push it to greater success. The trouble is what they're doing with it, and they're, they're doing the dumbing down. So they're putting people like Katie Price on there, who really doesn't seem to have an opinion about anything apart from relating everything back to her own life, which is so dull and dreary. I don't know why anybody would be remotely interested. But then I've looked at the audience for Loose Women. I've looked at the audience. My God, where do they get? Is there a home or something for the Loose Women audience? I was thinking it's quite fascinating, seeing studio audiences uh, everywhere. Uh, Stephen, as a teenager, says, I don't like Mondays. Now I'm 56, I don't like Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays. I love every day of the week. There's not a day of the week that I dislike. You know, people say, oh, I like Fridays more. I mean, I do like Friday. I do like Friday. But I like, I like every day of the week. There's no day of the week that I dislike because I'm not sort of trying to escape from anything or trying to sort of put anything, you know, in, you know backwards. I, I, don't, I don't care, actually. Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Dean says, I had a, a filling put in which was slightly overfilled at work. The pain was so bad, I cried. Worst pain ever. Oh, I remember having it when I was about 16. And um, I don't know where you get abscesses from, to be honest with you. I'm really not too sure. Um... And, and I remember waking up the night and banging the tooth, thinking it was going to make any difference, with a pair of pliers. 
I'd have ripped the tooth out if I thought it made any difference, but of course it wouldn't have done because you've got to drill up in to get to the uh, the little lake, as was described to me. I, and I couldn't wait to get to the emergency dentist. I forget what it cost, but whatever it was, it was worth every single penny. Every single penny. It's the uh, it's the only way that you could uh, that you could actually sort of get through. It. Oh God, it was painful. Woo. Was it ever painful? Uh, what else we got in the paper today? Mrs Brown's booze up. We do like Mrs Brown. We do. Brendan O'Carroll was a super interview for In Conversation. He was really good. Such a nice man. I mean, genuinely a nice man. We did him in, a, in one of our unusual studios. We have so many studios to pick uh, here at Global Towers. But uh, this, was a, this was a lovely studio. And he was so nice. He was, I mean, he was seriously so nice. And I remember thinking, what a nice man you are. And then I saw a documentary on him. And he was going out meeting people. And he just came over as, as really nice. And he uses the family a lot for the programme. There's lots of members of his family who get, uh, who get starring roles in it. So I'm quite pleased about that. The story about the, um, the girl in the park. You know in a lot of kids' playgrounds, they have metal slides. Um, I don't know why, they just have. Because I, mean, I suppose the weather in this country is so variable. The, the, the chance of having a boiling hot day and things changing is very unusual. And so, um, in this particular park, they've got a very wide metal slide, a very wide one. And on the hottest day of the year, it was very, 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 very hot. And so the mother, who was not supervising her little girl properly, uh, suddenly realises when this girl starts screaming that she's put her hand on a boiling hot slide. And they are boiling hot. It's metal. It's metal. It's, you know, it's, it's just, it couldn't be any hotter if they poured boiling water down it. And so, consequently, she was complaining bitterly and saying this is absolutely outrageous and something should be done about it. And I thought, well, you know, I've, I've never heard of this before, but you should be supervising. I mean, surely you would have the intelligence to realise that on a boiling hot day of the year where the temperature hits like 33 and a half degrees, that if there is something metal there... And as kids, you used to touch it. You go, oh, blimey, not going anywhere near that. You know, it would have been easier if they'd had cold water flowing down it. But even so, it still would have been very, very hot. And uh, so in this particular case, they, um, they said, well, you know, what can we do about it? What can we do about it? You're supposed to realise that these things are hot. But people don't, do they? Pe- people, people now seem to blame everybody except themselves. You've only got to look at the, uh, the people who appear on the television, you know, discussing various illnesses. And, and you start thinking to yourself that people don't take responsibility for their own actions. And so, in uh, the case of a children's playground, you're supposed to be supervising your children. They can fall off it. You'd, I mean, surely you would look at it if you had a modicum of half a brain cell, wouldn't you? And you would realise that it was, uh, it was dangerous and that it was too hot. You can't stick little kids on it. Uh, they're looking at a, a great thing today. I don't know if you've ever been to Vegas or if you've ever seen Caesar's Palace. It is huge. I mean, it is vast. You cannot believe the vast. You don't even need to leave it. If you're booking a holiday to Vegas and you stayed at Caesar's Palace, you don't need to go outside at all. It's got everything there. Well, for Neil it has. It's got the chocolate fountains and... Or is that the Bellagio? No, the Bellagio's got the chocolate shop, hasn't it? But uh, Caesar's Palace is huge. Absolutely enormous. But they, they say here it's nearly six times as many rooms now than when it opened. And, of course, Sinatra played there. Holmes and Alley slugged it out in 1980. It's got as many... Um, as many downsides as upsides, but it's still enormous. Nothing prepares you. Nothing prepares you for the size of, of the shops and the hotels over in Vegas. Uh, the gypsy story, the parish councillors and the pensioners lie in the road. They don't want the gypsy travellers in there making a mess of their little village. And uh, the hatred 
on the face of this uh, gypsy man. Well, they say, well, he's not a gypsy, he's a traveller, which is completely different. I think you get travellers, gypsies, and then there's, there's other people as well. But these, uh, these are just people who want to mess up a site. And the, uh, and the local people. And the worst thing is that because the men of the traveller group have no respect for women whatsoever. Oh, there she is. I haven't seen Ivanka for quite a while, actually. She's a lovely girl, isn't she? She's an Ivanka. And she's had her teeth done and everything. She looks a little bit like Barbie doll. This is uh, Trump's, Trump's daughter with Ivana. She looks as though she's Botox to the hilt and everything. And she's, oh, she's just a bit too Barbie-like, isn't she? don't like plastic. Um, so I'll, I shall find you more on this, uh, this woman and the slide, because it's just, it's just a ridiculous story. You should really take responsibility for your own actions and look after it. And also the shoplifter in the fur coat. This is privately well-educated. Uh, Jutta Kuratolo. She was a likely customer, but she's, uh, she's a housewife. And she was asking shop staff to show her expensive jewellery and handbags. But in fact, she's a, she's a thief. That's all she is. Uh, she just does thieving from high-end London stores. And to avoid detection, she resorted to using a teddy bear to hide the fact she was stealing expensive jewellery. She's a mother of two, lives with her husband uh, in a £2 million property near Sloan Square. Originally from San Francisco, she would select gold and diamond jewellery and then she stole... She'd just steal things. She's a, she's a drunk as well. And... Um, it's amazing, actually. They've given her a chance to complete an alcohol rehabilitation programme. And somebody says, if you complete, uh, commit a no offence during this time and complete the programming, it may be reduced uh, if you do not. I mean, she's got a son of 21 and a 12-year-old daughter. Apparently, it's straight. she's just thieves. I couldn't care less whether she's an alcoholic or whatever. She's a thief. She lives in a £2 million flat and she thieves. Stupid woman, honestly. I don't know why we have to put up with these people over here. You know, I, I wouldn't even waste time. There was a there's a, a person who's um, who's been um, thieving the benefits again. Hundred thousand. She pretended her husband was still alive, and because she's uh, she's ill, they've not bothered sending her to prison. I've I'd have sent her to prison straight away. I'd have expected all the money back. You got any televisions? We're having those back. How, how do you prove how you how you paid for these things? No, 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 no. We're not going to waste any more time with you. Lots of pictures of the uh, of the queens. Exhibition unveiling the secrets behind these historic outfits and these wonderful out They're really lovely outfits. I mean, they really are. And uh, the woman with the little girl. This is Eva Carrington. And um, 51 degrees during this week's heat wave. This is the, the ramp. And you've seen these things before. Her mother. So this is Eva Carrington. But her mother's called Lucy Brown. How that work? I don't quite understand these sort of things. Anyway, she, an ambulance took her to hospital. Uh, she was discharged. They applied cream, which she'll have to return for a checkup. And uh, she said, I think signs need to be put up urgently. Well, only if you're dumb enough not to realise that a piece of metal in the sunshine is going to get very hot. I mean, you can't, I mean, surely. Do you have to put a sign up on everything? The answer is, you do for people like that. She's the sort of person who has to be told, a cup of coffee, it'll be hot. Ice cream, that'll, that'll be very cold, OK? That'll be frozen. And uh, we had to do it in America, don't you remember? Somebody sued, I believe, one of the places because they weren't told that the filling in the apple pie was hot. They do hot apple pie still at McDonald's. They used to do hot apple pie that was deep fried. Did they still do it? I used to love a hot apple pie. That was great. It came with sort of like a crunchy... I think they actually do I'm not sure if they do it anymore. I don't remember seeing anybody going, I'll have, you know, a double quarter pounder with cheese and, and a hot apple pie... You're too healthy. Do you not do burgers and stuff like that? No, because your stomach looks like you're healthy. Yeah. <laughs> what, what size shirts are you wearing today? Are these double XLs? Come on, you can tell Uncle Steve. I'm, you know, I've been there. I've been there, matey. I'm fine. So anyway, uh, the, um, the play area 
they say, the council says, uh, they're inspected once a week to ensure it main, remains the case. She says a lot of parents wouldn't expect it to get so hot. Only stupid people wouldn't expect a piece of metal left outside in the sunshine not to get hot. I mean, excuse me, please. They say they advise anybody using a play area, particularly the parents of or guardians of young children, to be especially vigilant. In other words, yes, of course you should have been. Isn't it amazing how people want to blame everybody else? They want to blame everybody else except themselves, you know, because they weren't... Be- they were probably just sitting there on their phone, tap, 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 scream of girl, one-year-old girl's hands blistered because she touched the ramp. I mean, you know, mummy should have been a little bit more vigilant. Obviously not the brightest penny in the box, is she, really? Dreadful. See, these people, I mean, what do you do about them? What do you do? Uh, Jane says, um, Colleen Nolan is beyond irritating. Everything that's wrong about loose women. Well, yes, I'm inclined to agree with you, actually. But she was always irritating. She was never never much good fun at all. Loose women being dumbed down, Steve. Is that possible, says Kevin the Milkman? Um, I, think, I think it is possible, actually. I think it is possible to dumb things down. Um, and uh, I, I just don't know what they're going to do with it to sort of, to sort of make it get... Better. I, d- I don't think it is possible to make it better. I watched it the other day. They put on poor old Brit Eklund. I mean, she's about 190 by now, isn't she? And can only talk about herself. And I love it on Loose Women when she was talking about smoking marijuana for the first time. I think with Peter Sellers. It might have, I might have missed that bit of it, but it makes no difference who it was. And uh, immediately, somebody obviously into the ear of the main presenter, who's the former weather girl, uh, goes, uh, can you just remind people that we don't uh, we don't condone the taking of blah, 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 blah. And so they have to say, just to let you know that we don't, you know, oh, my God, who are they appealing to? Yes, I'm terribly sorry. Britt Eklund's saying, I smoke marijuana. Do you seriously think somebody's going to go, well, if she took it, I'd better try that as well. Are people so dumb nowadays that you really have to explain to them? Like, this is a metal slide in a children's playground. It's the hottest day of the year. It might be quite hot. No kidding. I bet you anything she was sitting there on a telephone and the kids just running around. Uh, I can't wait to see Half a Sixpence. It was one of my favourite films with Tommy Steele. And uh, it's back again with Charlie Stemp and somebody called Devon Elise Johnson. I do hate double-barrelled names. It's so pretentiously naff. And um, it's at Chichester at the moment. And I'm hoping it would come in. It's, w- it's worth, worth seeing. Worth seeing. It's getting some rave reviews. Uh, a new biography about Edward Heath. Apparently, he even had a sense of humour. Yes. Strange, isn't it? We don't really know, you know, anything really about Edward Heath, apart from the fact he loved Rod Stewart and dyed his hair strawberry blonde. Oh, that's a, but he had a sense of humour. Lovely. And he lived in Salisbury, just next to the cathedral in Cathedral Close. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Uh, Dean is a new listener to the programme. He's sort of uh, decamped away from another radio station. So uh, enjoy. It's slightly different, isn't it, really? Slightly different. And um, somebody else saying that Colleen Nolan is beyond irritating. But remember I told you that they, they were trying to uh, sort of update Loose Women. And it's obviously a press release that's come out. But if you actually read between the lines, nothing's changing. So it says here, Loose Women bosses are once again preparing to shake up the series. Full details are still being ironed out, but contracts for all panellists run out at the end of the month. Only then will they find out if the deals are being renewed and how often they will appear. So uh, Katie Price has joined. This is when um, Martin Frizzell was there. The programme has gone up. Martin Frizzell looks after this morning and, as you know, was responsible for the Gloria Hannaford and Cliff Richard interview. So, uh, and we know his wife and we know, we know Martin, so that's good. But anyway, so the figures went up. So what they've actually said now, uh, they've got somebody else coming in as editor. Katie Price joined the series in January and has been followed by Vicky Patterson, Stacey Solomon and Kerry Katona. 
Uh, they now understand Katie will continue on the show. Vicky will also be back on some episodes. Other people have been tried out on one or two appearances, include Mylene Class and Rebecca Adlington, are not in the lineup for the coming months. Judy Finnegan who looked as though she'd wandered off into another pixie world, I think, has no new dates lined up, although ITV insists she may yet return. In other words, she won't. Uh, backstage, many execs agree that Ruth Langsford is the programme's best main host, and she will continue to anchor a large number, along with Andrea McLean, who frankly is is lame. Compared to Ruth, she's lame. I know that sounds ridiculous, but she is. Ruth Ruth is actually much, much better. Uh, Colleen Nolan, Nadia Sawala, also popular, also Sherry Houston and Janet Street Porter... In other words, it's exactly the same. There's nothing new at all. They've not added to it. They've got a few old, you know, a few old Z-list chavvy people going on there. But uh, one source said there were lots of exciting surprises. Really? Like what? What exciting surprises can there possibly be? It's a lot of people talking about different things. Some people are good. Some people aren't very good. And some people, you don't know who they are. You have to be told about them. So, uh, badge of honour, incidentally, for Steven Spielberg... He scored a Blue Peter gold badge, and uh, that's quite nice, actually. He says, uh, I'm going to wear it with pride. I've been aware of Blue Peter ever since I started making movies. It's my first Blue Peter badge, and I've always wanted one. Do you know the Queen's got one? Harry Potter, author J.K. Rowling, Sir David Attenborough, Sir Quentin Blake and Warhorse author Michael Mapurgo, who came in on it in conversation. The only person out there we've not had on is the Queen. And some of the other ones as well. But uh, Michael Morpurgo was lovely. And uh, oh, we've got some clips coming up for you this morning after the news at half past on who's going to be with us for In Conversation this week. Uh, my opinion on these people with no common sense, if they had a cell, if they, if they had a brain cell, they'd need watering, says John the cabbie from South London. <laughs> uh, do you know if the Magic Boomerang's available on DVD? No, go to Amazon, find out yourself. Honestly, how do you how do you get through the day, um, Steve? When do we find out if you've won the Radio Times Voice Award that I voted for you on um, Tuesday? Tuesday, we find out on Tuesday. Monday, uh, they've ordered the uh, the copies of the Radio Times. This is this thing from ages ago. Do you remember? And I mentioned it just a few just a few times. And what they were looking for is what is that? Uh, they were um, they were looking for. I think it, I can't remember if it was uh, if it was the most recognisable voice or just you know uh, I don't know just sort of the best voice on radio highs and lows and all the rest of it and so there's lots of famous people that the Radio Times had uh, people who were nominated and I found myself on the list of forty people twenty men and twenty women in the country out of the thousands of broadcasters there must be so I find myself on there nominated by a very very famous broadcaster. Uh, which I was very, very pleased about. And so I thought nothing more about it. We kept checking. And the producer said they haven't uh, done anything yet. And then magically, out of the blue, uh, we get a phone call. I didn't, but our publicity department, uh, John here, uh, head of publicity, got that. And uh, they said, well, we've now whittled it down to the final ten people. And Steve Allen and a couple of other people in this building are nominated in the final ten. So we go along, we have a photo shoot done. And... uh, I can't remember what I was wearing. I think it was a Tommy Bahama shirt. I did say make me look thin, but I have a feeling it won't make me look thin at all. And uh, it'll be the final ten. And then I'm told that they'll be announcing on, I think it's actually out on Tuesday, who the overall winner is. And I'm told that we're, we're doing all right. That's all I'm told. We're doing OK. We're doing, uh, we're doing OK. So, listen, if, if, I mean, looking at the names in there... And I can't remember exactly who they are at the moment, but there's some really, really big names. I mean, really, you know, unbelievably big names. Seriously, I'm I'm the only person on the list. I don't know. 
Seriously. It's, uh, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So we'll wait and see. And I think on Monday we then get, I'll probably get the nod and they'll say, well, actually, you've come third or you've come. Listen, if I come in the top five, I did say to them, I don't want to come last. And the lady down there said, don't worry, you haven't come last. I thought, well, that's, that's a crumb of comfort. That's a crumb of comfort. So that's, uh, that's, quite a, that's quite nice. So we'll have to wait and find out. And we'll do that on uh, Tuesday. Tuesday we will have the, uh, the answer. So either I'll be going, whoopee, or... Mm, because you get yourself all excited, don't you, about these things. Steve, I was in Spain recently. It was 39 degrees. The English complained how hot the sand was. I was in Cannes in the south of France, donkeys years ago, and it was so hot, Tom, that you could not walk on the sidewalks without your flip-flops on. <clears throat> it was so hot. It was like... <laughs> so you can imagine, you know, a mother with a kid playing in a thing, and there's a metal slide there, and she's not aware that it's going to get really hot, and thinks the council should put up notices. Listen, if you're that dumb, you probably can't read either, so there's no point, is there? What's the point of putting up notices to tell people? Do you have to put it up in different languages, do you think? Because as far as we know, you're the only person who's ever had this uh, happen to them. Uh, what else do we have today? Healthy food, sleep and exercise, better than pills in fighting diabetes. Uh, the Somali rapist... He's been jailed again. This is the one who tried to kidnap girls whilst posing as a police officer. And we can't get rid of him. He's a paedophile. We cannot get rid of him. He posed as a police officer, kidnapped five schoolgirls, jailed for 12 years. He should be kicked out of the country after completing his sentence. But the legal experts believe he'll launch a legal appeal, because he's a paedophile, against any deportation order. It's the second time he's been recommended for removal. He thwarted the early one by claiming it was a breach of his human rights to send him back to Somalia. What do they do? Hang paedophiles over there. You're probably getting away with it pretty lightly, I should imagine, over here. Uh, fortunately, all the girls saw through the ruse. He was caught within 24 hours. But, uh, no, this man should be kicked, uh, kicked out of the country. Why on earth we want to put somebody like that? 12 years. I'd have made it 20 years. 20 years. Perhaps he'll die in prison. We couldn't be that lucky, could we, really? Shut your gob bob. After the Brexit rant, poor old Bob Geldof. I mean, honestly, obviously it goes to prove that the older he becomes, the more crackpot he becomes, you know, shouting out all sorts of obscenities in front of people. He did that thing taunting Nigel Farage. Perhaps he's passed his sell-by. Perhaps he's got a screw loose. Perhaps he's got quite a few screw looses. He, um, he was using every word under the sun in front of children. The Brentwood Festival was supposed to be a family thing, not with that foul-mouthed Bob Geldof there. You can imagine, if that's the language he used in front of children, what a marvellous father he must be. What a marvellous father. Honestly, using language like that, totally unnecessary. Totally unnecessary. There's a lady here who had a lightning strike in her bedroom. In her bedroom. You know, we've all had nights like that, haven't we? They'd say, did the earth move for you? But uh, Lily Miller, 73, a huge hole was... Uh, in her roof during a violent storm, blew out the electric plugs, left charred roof lining hanging through a gaping hole above the bed and scattered debris. She comes from Preston in Lancashire. I mean, to be honest with you, she kind of deserves it. You know, I think if you live in Preston, I think you expect a lightning strike. You do hear about it, don't you? People who get struck by lightning, they hid under a tree during a lightning storm and, uh, and the tree got hit. And they got hit at the same time. Frightening. I love looking at lightning storms. It's, it's brilliant. Uh, talking of uh, swearing, yes, I know that Adele and um, was effing and what's it on stage at Glastonbury. Yeah, I know, I know that one. Somebody complaining bitterly, but uh, there again, wait a minute, what have they complained about before? Oh, this is the one who says, you know if the magic boomerang is available on DVD, a rather simple person, quite, clim- quite clearly. It was Bob in Manchester. Oh, God, honestly. Further up the country, dumber, 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 dumber till you get to Bob's house. 
And he goes, not everybody can afford the means to connect to the internet. Well, type it in on your phone, you silly old girl's blouse. Honestly, you're too dreary for words. It's not your fault you're dim. I mean, I, can't, I, mean, I know you can't help it, I realise, and I f- suggest you must be fairly ancient if you haven't got uh, the internet. I know ten-year-olds who've got the internet. Perhaps you must save up harder. Uh, another one here. Uh, a lot of people talking about the, uh, the heat and how we're all coping. We do cope, don't we? Except, and I did predict it, I did predict that somebody left a dog in a car in the heat and it died. These people should be thrown in prison and the key thrown away. I did say that surely somebody wouldn't be that dim, would they, for actually putting a dog in a car and leaving the windows done up and so the dog just uh, just died horribly, I should imagine. These people should be prosecuted immediately. Prosecuted? I've never heard of such stupidity. Mind you, somebody left a child in a car, didn't they? You do really get dumb people, but I see them on the television all the time. They're generally on the Jeremy Kyle show. There's a lot of dumb people on there. Really a lot of dumb people. Uh, 84850, uk. Apparently McDonald's do sell apple pies, says Karen. I don't remember seeing that. i tell you what, why don't they do... Why don't they do hot apple in one of their sort of... T- with ice cream over the top of it? I mean, how, that could be quite simple, couldn't it? That could be quite hot apple in one of those little tub things that you get your ice cream in with some ice cream piped over the top. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Hot... Oh, making me, making me quite hungry, actually. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 27 minutes to six. It's Friday, the 22nd of July. It's going to be another sort of mm, hottish day uh, with some localised showers coming in a little bit later on. Now, you know that I'm with you tomorrow morning on LBC, because I'm here seven days a week, and tomorrow between five and six, it's the best of Steve Allen. Between six and seven, it's in conversation. And my first guest this week is a prolific writer. He had very early success when his first novel, Here We Go Round the Mulberry Bush, was made into a film of the same name. He was close friends with the Beatles. He went on to write the only authorised biography of the band in 1968. He's also worked as a ghostwriter, penning the autobiographies of John Prescott, Wayne Rooney and the troubled Paul Gascoigne, among others. It's Hunter Davis. He told me that John Lennon wasn't happy with the book. He rubbished the book, saying it was a whitewash, and I rang him up in New York, and he apologised. He said, you know what it's like, I just opened my mouth and say anything. Yeah. All that happened was that all the, the four Beatles, this is 1968, and I had the F word in it, uh, I, I had uh, drugs in it, I had... It was looked upon as an amazing revelation at the mm. time. But later on, because I didn't do the the groupies, I didn't go into what happened in the bedrooms. And everybody knew in 1968 what was happening. But they were all had marriages or steady partners. And I didn't want to go into that. It wasn't mm. They all read it. Paul had nothing to say. Ringo had nothing to say. This is the copy, the manuscript. Uh, George moaned on because there wasn't enough about his spiritual life. And I said, well, you can do your own book about that later. I haven't. John made no comments, but his aunt Mimi, who brought him up, somehow got a copy lying around his house and was appalled by the bad language and by John boasting about all the stealing he did as a young boy. And she contacted me and said, it's not true. He never swore as a boy and he never stole things. I said, but that's his own. I can't change his memory. But I'm not having it. So I calmed her down the end. I didn't change a thing. I added a paragraph at the end of that chapter, and Mimi says that John was as happy as the day was long, and that kept her quiet. So that was the only, literally, it was only the change. So the book wasn't balderdized, really. Mm. It was fairly outrageous and revealing for 1968. 
Beatles biographer Hunter Davis will be with me for this weekend's In Conversation. As well as Hunter, I'll be talking to an actor who played Dr Cousins in EastEnders, as well as Miranda Hart's on-off love interest, Gary, in the hit sitcom Miranda. He's now been lured over to the other side of the Atlantic to play the lead role in the fantasy television series Lucifer, which is based on the comic book of the same name. If that isn't enough, he also plays the cornet, the trumpet and the French horn. It's Tom Ellis. I asked him if there were any more Mirandas on the cards. At the moment, I don't think there's any solid plans in place, but... Um... Is, is, are there fluid plans? <laughs> well, I, did, I saw it at Christmas time, actually, and um, we were chatting about whether we'd ever do anything again, and I think, I think there's, a, there's a part of us that would like to tell the story again at some point, yes. but uh, pick it up later down the road, and... Um, I'm a bit busy at the moment, and so yeah, she. Are, so it's kind you? of you know it. Uh, it will be something that um, I think we'd love to revisit in the future. As yes, I, yeah. I think it's there. I, I think sort of slightly back burner, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, indeed. But but definitely there could be a possibility because <laughs> being busy in your business is something that everybody craves. Because you go into the business, ninety percent of you are unemployed at any one time. You can have a lot of success, then all of a sudden it tails off. Mm-hmm. You've kept yourself fairly busy over the years. I've had a I've had a, a, a nice sort of incremental um, career, <laughs> should we say. Um, yeah, big no, words, I've, big I've been, words. I've been, I've been fortunate. I, I, you know, I was saying this to someone the other day, actually. Uh, at drama school, when you're a drama student, I think the most you hope for is that you could make a living out of being an actor. And I've been fortunate to do that, and so I'm, I'm, I'm happy. But the way it's going at the moment, um, I'm very excited. Actually, is, is the market in America? So I know that when when people go to drama school, they they come out, and then you look for your first job, and you think, mm. I don't know, do I go with this theatre company? Am I going for Royal Shakespeare? What am I doing? Do I need a soap? It, there's so much open to you, yeah. but at the same time, you don't really know which way to head because yeah. you don't want to be typecast. If you do a soap, you can do a soap, but then you might be stuck with that. Yeah. One of the bits of advice I got when I first left drama school was for the first few years, do everything that comes your way. That's Miranda star Tom Ellis, who's in conversation with me this weekend, along with Beatles biographer Hunter Davis. You can hear me talking to Hunter and to Tom tomorrow morning from six, which is after the best of Steve Allen. And if you can't make it for that, you get another chance on Sunday evening from nine. And you can download it all from the LBC podcast app for your mobile or tablet. You just need to go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. So it's a a really good weekend, actually. Next weekend. Oh, whoa. Dear, I can't begin to tell you next weekend. Very exciting. Very exciting next weekend. Uh, one will be Jonathan Price, who, uh, who came... It's second time we've done Jonathan. And uh, even better, second time round. Even better. Uh, Howard says, can you ask the producer to switch off the video cam in the studio? Now, you should know, Howard, if you're a regular listener, we don't have a video cam in the studio. We've never had a video cam in the studio. He says, the sight of your blue Tommy Bahama shirt, which, of course, it's not... And uh, and shorts. Listen, you quite clearly do not know this program at all, because I've told you a million times I don't wear shorts. Simple. Everybody else might wear shorts in the building. I'm not one of them. I just don't. It's just not done. It's absolutely not done. It's it's just not right. There are certain people who who shouldn't wear shorts, and I'm one of them. It's as simple as that. Eight four eight five zero. Steve at lbc dot co dot uk. And uh, another one here. This is uh, Jeremy Kyle. Should tell the uh, the people who go to show about dentists. Half of them have uh, have no teeth. Yes, apparently, Mark's uh, a McDonald's do apple pie with ice cream on a polystyrene tray. Yeah, I don't think so. Actually, I don't think you could do that unless you can just get a dollop of uh, of ice cream. Uh, eight four eight five oh Steve at A lot of people telling me about Adele who was swearing at Glastonbury, and I remember did they not say was it was it something like forty 
40 swear words in the first... And there were lots of young people in the audience. But there again, young people hear it from their, uh, from their parents, I think. And uh, somebody else says, this is uh, Sam, who apparently is in Earl's Court. Uh, Sam is on medication and does drugs. And uh, unfortunately, at this time of the morning, Sam is not particularly in the real world. So we put you out of your misery, Sam. And uh, now you've got no friends. <laughs> Always makes the producer smile when I say that. That's that's sort of the that's the cutoff point. That's the cutoff point. And uh, have you seen the kids of today, Steve? Even the parents are scared of them. I see them on the television. I see them on the television, and uh, I'm always fascinated by people that swear in front of their parents. I mean, I really am fascinated. I, I try not to be, but I find it slightly disconcerting. Uh, celebrating a birthday today. Nobody famous, but there must be somebody, mustn't there? There must be somebody famous who's celebrating a birthday. I'm not remotely interested in seeing the BFG, but it's got some fantastic reviews in the papers today. It's a Spielberg film, and as far as I'm concerned, he can do no wrong at all. He's just a terribly clever man, as we told you earlier on. He's, um, he's the one who's got the gold Blue Peter badge. I love the idea that the Queen's got a gold Blue Peter badge. Do you think, do you think they actually, she actually came and said, thank you, and somebody sort of stuck the Blue Peter... Ow! Somebody stuck the blue Peter about? No, of course not. Of course not. They just sort of send it out because it gets coverage. Uh, there's a vicious swan at the moment. This is a, a swan who's been destroying boats. It's in Suffolk, Needham Market. It's uh, a, a big lake and the people sail their boats. Some have got engines in. They're worth a bit of money. And the angry swan, if you go anywhere near them, the swan will, will drown the boat. It's as simple as that. They're not, uh, you know, this swan has got signets. And uh, it's, uh, it's a male swan. It's a male swan. And um, and it's just just it's sent quite a number of these boats to the bottom to Davy Jones's locker, and so now people are saying, you know, if it, if it, it might attack people. Well, it would if you get too close. If they've got signets, swans are quite powerful, and these these boats, which cost thousands apparently, thousands, um, have been sent to the bottom, and the owners of them are furious. I mean, you thought you'd have realised first time the swan attacked one of the boats. Don't go anywhere near them, because they can. I was always told swans are quite dangerous when they come at you. They. Very strong. Uh, Phil Vickery says, Morning, Steve. Stewed Bramley apple with ice cream. We called it an apple sundae. Oh, God, how gorgeous. Mr Whippy ice cream. So, in other words, if you have a big, tall sundae glass and you put some stewed apple at the bottom, a bit of cinnamon for the Christmas effect, and uh, and then, that sounds quite a good idea, actually. You could put up chopped up little bits of cherry in or something like that, or bits of mango, cut up a bit of... Uh, bit of peach or something like that, put that in there, and uh, then some, some squeezy ice cream, you know, stuff that comes out of the machine. Why they've never invented a home one, I'll never know. And then you just layer it up until you get to the top. Sounds gorgeous, doesn't it? Bramley apple and ice cream. Oh, why don't they do that? Why don't they do apple flavour ice cream? You're probably going to write in and tell me now they do do apple flavour ice cream. But I, I love the sound of it. My friend Kevin Hughes went off to the bodyguard last night. Beverly was amazing, he says. Ben Richards, perfect casting for the role of Frank Farmer. He joked a Footballer's Wives musical might be fun one day. Hopefully not in our lifetime. But uh, Kevin is uh, Kevin's going to leave us. He's, uh, he's got a job on radio, bless his heart. He's been in it for years. Now he's sort of got a full-time job in radio. So he's having one of these leaving dues. Apparently, ice cream and, um, and Bramley apple with a bit of cinnamon is a bit posh, says Phil. A little bit... Don't you think so? That'd be quite a nice... I mean, actually, I like the idea of hot apple. Hot apple. That's... I mean, hot apple... I can't get myself excited now. Hot apple. This morning, or yesterday, I took the peanut butter out of the fridge. Don't ask me why, because I've got no bread or anything at all. And I was going to... I always keep peanut butter in the fridge. Because I like to take it out hard. And, uh, and, and, And then I left it outside. Now it's all soft. 
Uh, but it's OK, it's much easier to work with when it's softer. But I haven't got any bread. I haven't got any bread. And, and the butter melts in about five seconds once it's taken outside of the uh, outside of the fridge. Bramley apple, apparently, is perfect for diabetics. Is it? Oh, I'm going to get some Bramley apples today. And just sla- I could just have that. I could just... Yeah, I could just sort of do them over in a front. How would I mash down apples? Not being particularly clever at this sort of thing. Would I just sort of put some apples in a in a saucepan, and then just I don't want to add any sugar. I mean, I really don't want to add sugar. Do I just put Bramley apples in the saucepan and then then reduce it? Do I need to put water in or something like that? That'd be a nice thing, wouldn't it? But then I could have hot apple. Like a hot apple sauce. Or do I need to mash it? I suppose I'm going to need to mash it, aren't I? It's beginning to sound messy. I might have just to go and buy stewed apple. I wonder if you can buy stewed apple. You must be able to get it somewhere, mustn't you? Uh, big fan says, Julie of Tom Ellis. Love Lucifer. Looking forward to series to watch it every week on Amazon. You're going to love the interview. You're going to love the interview. It's fantastic. And uh, Steve, uh, there are, instead of binning your tapes, there are cassette Players, you can connect to the computer to convert the tape to MP3. Once you've got it set up, the uh, converting process is a breeze. I've been doing with old Ian Collins shows. Oh, they just sounded funny, didn't it? I've been doing that with old Ian Collins. Poor old, poor old Ian Collins. And uh, he said, uh, not the one when he had Martin Fido on. Well, actually, they're all up again. The Martin Fido are up again on YouTunes. They've been uh, digitally remastered and re-recorded. Uh, that's, is it Murder After Midnight? Yeah, Murder After Midnight. The old ones with uh, with Clive. They've been redone again. I know that for a fact, because it's Paul Savory's company who's actually uh, done them. Uh, two birthdays today, says Noreen. Prince George is three and a very happy birthday. It's Kevin the Milkman's birthday as well. Kevin the Milkman is 197. Well, his legs are older than he is. But, uh, you know, once we've counted the rings, it'll be fine. So many happy returns. Actually, you you, you know it's Prince George's birthday because there's pictures inside and uh, it's, uh, you know, to the point of overkill, I think. To the point of overkill. And, um, (laughs) sorry. And uh, so they went to Newmarket the other day. Lovely town. Looking forward to the In Conversation. Oh, we booked the Beatles film, September the 15th. Can't wait, says Noreen. Well, Kevin the Milkman will be having a birthday to die for, I think. Uh, And I'm sure it will be absolutely fantastic. So you have a very, very nice birthday for today. And I'm sure that you'll end up with tons of presents and a cake dripping in candles. Phil says, cook the Bramleys with a little water. It will, what they call marmalade, go pulpy. Fairly quick. So I do, do I need to do I need to peel uh, the apples? Do I need to take the skin off and then just sort of dice them and put them in there? Or do I just sort of hold and quarter them? Because it was one thing I hated years ago, baked apples. So it goes marmalade, go pulpy fairly quickly, then add a tablespoon of Splendor. Is that sugar substitute Splendor? Is that, um, is that for diabetics or people like that? Sounds nice. And especially with, with sort of squidgy ice cream. I might have to go to Iceland and buy a block of ice cream and then just sort of bring it back. Because, you know, sometimes I pretend I've got an ice cream shop in the kitchen. So I, I sort of I set up my cones and the ice cream and I go outside the kitchen window and I go, two ice cream cordits, please. And I go rushing back inside the kitchen. I go, OK, do them now for you. And then I sort of slice it off with a knife and put it into the cones. And I pass it through the window and I go rushing around the other side and take it and then pay the money. Just me again. Just me again. It's another sad world, isn't it? The entertaining world of Steve Allen. (laughs) The entertaining world of Steve Allen and his balmy, balmy mind. Apparently, yes, peel and roughly chop. 
talking my language. You're talking my language. Peeling, definitely big. I don't like doing the skin. Do you like doing the skin? I'm not really... I like to take the skin off, Apple. But you've got to be very careful it doesn't go off. You're right. Looks slightly queasy at the moment. Never mind, I'm sure you'll be fine in a minute. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Ten to six. Well, it's nearly nine minutes to six, but I mean, either way, it's going to be it's going to be a hot one, but not as hot as it has been. And there will be some sporadic. I've added a new word in uh, sporadic showers later on today. Uh, Gary says, I know all about swan attacks. I was attacked by a swan for accidentally swimming between it and his cygnets while swimming in the lake. I only didn't notice because the low sun was glaring off the water. The next thing I knew, the swan was on my head, pecking viciously, leaving a big lump, a tad scary. They are scary. They seriously are scary. I mean, you know, a motorboat holds no um, no sort of fear for them whatsoever, so they just down them. So uh, Gary's the one who swims, you know, in, in lakes and stuff like that. It's, it's very scary, actually. Very, very scary. Uh, Phil Vickery is writing a book for diabetics as we speak, or tweet. And it uh, should be out uh, next year. By the way, the, the, the stewed apple, Splendour is the sugar substitute. He said it keeps for about a week in the fridge. And he says, I'm writing a book for diabetics. A lot of hard work, but it will be worth it. Well, I hope so too, actually. I might try the Bramley apple thing later. Unless I can find cooked apples somewhere in Iceland's fridges. They must do a sort of a, a bag of stewed apple, don't you think so? Or a box of stewed apple. I'm a bit lazy when it comes... If I can find an easy way round something, I'm inclined to find the easy way round. I don't really want to uh, start putting myself through any sort of excess or something like that. And um, another one here. Uh, Dennis says, We stew apples regularly. I peel, core and chop them into chunks, add them to the saucepan with just enough water to cover the bottom of the pan, put them on a fairly low heat, bringing to the simmer, stirring all the time as they would burn and ruin. They naturally break down to a near sauce consistency. Add a small amount of sugar, as they're fairly sharp, but that's up to you. Store it in the fridge for a couple of days. Delicious with the morning porridge. He's, uh, uh, he's in Banbridge, but of course uh, that's in the same county as Bangor. Wasn't that, didn't we have a wonderful time the day we went to Bangor? Or was that somewhere else? Was that somewhere else we went to? Didn't we have a wonderful... I'm sure it was Bangor. Might have been somewhere different, actually. It, it sounded quite funny, actually. And um, another one here. Uh, this is from uh, from Peter. It said, stewing apples is done in the same way if you boil mashed potatoes. Do I sound like the sort of person who makes mashed potato? I don't think so. Supermarkets make it for me. It's specifically designed for people like me. Too much money, very little sense. And so I go there and I buy mashed potato. I couldn't be bothered to actually make mashed potato. I know it's sacrilege and I realise that I'm probably going down in about one person's estimate. But to be honest with you, I couldn't care less. I, bu- I buy ready-made mashed potato and I also buy instant mashed potato an instant mashed potato just in, and it's the best one I've ever had actually and you just by the time you've added some water to it stirred it up and added a few good decent knobs of butter and I do like adding knobs of butter and and then you stir it all the way that's delicious I defy anybody to taste the difference I know people say that you could but I promise I promise you you, you can't. You really can't. Uh, Michael says, have you seen the lovely sequence from The Punch and Judy Man where Tony Hancock and the young boy sit in awed silence as Sidney Taffler creates a knickerbocker glory in the seaside ice cream parlour? No dialogue, just Sidney creating his glory. I quite like the idea, actually. I quite like the idea of knickerbocker glories. I can't remember what went in it apart from ice cream, but I'm sure that that was about the best. I mean, I think today you should all have stewed apple with some nice, and it's got to be vanilla ice cream on it. Don't try, no fancy stuff. A nice, a nice vanilla ice cream on the top. You know, that's what, 
It's, it's, and also because the kids are on holiday. I've suddenly realised that's why the trains are empty. The kids are on holiday. It's brilliant. I wish they'd stay on holiday all the time. Anne says, regarding stewed Bramley apples, peel the apples, quarter them, thinly slice them, place them in a microwavable dish, put them in a microwave for a couple of minutes, depending on the quantity. Keep checking, then you can easily mash them, ready to eat. No water required, as they have their own, but a little sugar supplement takes off the tartness. And do try Eaton Mess ice cream by Thornton. It's delicious, with strawberries and pieces of meringue. Isn't it amazing, all the different uh, things that you can get nowadays? All the things that you can get nowadays which make life easier. Phil, Phil Vickery has said to me, frozen mash pellets are, hate to say it, pretty good. Frozen mash pellets. I've never heard of frozen mash pellets. Where do you get those from? Frozen mash pellets. I just think, actually, if you, you know, anything that's frozen, it's sort of made and then they freeze it so it, it stays like that. And then you just sort of, I suppose, thaw it out and then you just add some butter. And I, I remember saying to one of our producers a few years back, Lucy, uh, she said, I, I said, well, I like um, instant mashed potato. And she looked at me. She went, instant mashed potato, Steve. It's I said, listen, I defy you to taste the difference. So she made some mashed potato and I brought in some of my instant mashed potato and I thought mine tasted better. I thought mine tasted better. But that was just me, me thinking about it, so now I know. But Eaton Mess ice cream. Thank you, Anne. If you're going to leave the peeled apple out for any time before cooking, cover it with a little lemon juice. It stops it uh, discolouring. Yes, that also works for bananas, doesn't it? If you're doing um, bananas and you peel them, if you're doing them on the barbecue, I think you add a little bit of lemon juice and that stops them going brown. I think so, actually. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. And uh, another one here. And uh, this is for what's I've missed the thing actually. Uh, a lot of people talk about the Jeremy Kyle show. And you can buy stewed Bramley apple sauce from Tesco's, says Sue. 60 pence a jar. And uh, uh, hi to Phil, Steve. Call the Bramley apples. This is Patrick Anthony, ex ready steady cook. Got them all in this morning, haven't we? Morning, Patrick. And he says, sweeten to taste. Put it in the microwave for about five minutes. Spoon out of skin. That'll be, be careful, it's going to be hot. Sweetened to taste, job done. So, Patrick, thank you very much indeed. So, uh, Phil, he says hi. No doubt Phil will say hi back to you, Patrick. Uh, we've got an apple tree in the garden, which gives us copious amounts of fruit per year. My wife picks, peels the segments of the apples, bags them up in two and four portion, puts them in the freezer, and in the winter removes one, puts it out of the bag in the microwave for four to five minutes, adds a spoon uh, or of uh, sugar, cinnamon, and serves with Devon custard, ready in five minutes. Oh, dear. Sounds delicious. <laughs> I like the idea of that. Devon custard. Oh, dear. Uh, diabetic vanilla ice cream, says Chris and Kent. No, I don't, uh, I don't do normally anything that says diabetic on it. I don't do diabetic chocolates or anything like that. So if I'm going to eat chocolates, I'm going to eat chocolate. But luckily, I'm not, I'm not fantastic at eating chocolate anyway. Uh, Phil Vickery says, love Patrick. A real gentleman. There you go, Patrick. Real gentleman. Look at this, like two-way family favourites, this, this programme this morning. Uh, it's already raining in Tolworth, says Paul the cabby. Oh, thank God for that. Quite close to where I am. Quite close. And um, somebody was talking about these... Uh, the, oh, Phil was talking about these pellets. All supermarkets sell them. You just add lots of knobs of butter. But uh, frozen mash pellets. There you go. That'll be something. You'll be going today. Frozen mash pellets. Phil Vickery told Steve Allen all about it this morning. And uh, somebody else here, Video Tech Now, says, yes, I've seen mashed potato. 
I love mashed potato. I, I could I could happily just eat it. It's the washing up of everything afterwards because I do not, contrary to public opinion, possess a dishwasher. Seems a pointless exercise for me. I'm uh, more than happy to actually put hot water in a bowl and wash things. Much, much easier. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Cooked rhubarb is nice with honey and cream. Oh, don't. I've got some double cream in the fridge at the moment. I was going to have it with some giant strawberries I bought the other day, but unfortunately I ate the giant strawberries before I, before I had a chance to open up the top of the cream. So I was uh, a little bit naughty. Uh, Dave, the HGV driver, says apple pie, custard and ice cream. Do you remember those walls apple pies, the individual apple pies? I used to love those. Do you use American peanut butter? Uh, Jif, Peter Pan or Skippy, says Mike. No, I don't, and also peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Jelly is what the Americans call jam, and Elvis Presley used to like, I think he used to like banana sandwiches, deep fried. Dear me, that sounds dreadful, doesn't it, really? Absolutely dreadful. Uh, Steve, I've just spent uh, a couple of days in London with my 81-year-old mum, booked it before the heatwave was forecast, it was a little warm, took her the railway children, and, and just... Got to the scene where the dad comes home and there was a power cut due to the heat. Fantastic show. We're now going to have to rebook for a later date. But uh, Sue says, stewed apple and ice cream and easy family pudding when I was a kid. I agree with you. Nice to be company. It's LBC. It's Friday, the 22nd of July. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. This is when the stars come out to play. The appalling truth, according to Max Hastings, that Donald Trump is as stupid and as ignorant as he seems. The UK's first double-hand transplant. The flimsy supermodels flown in by Leonardo DiCaprio to save the planet. It's all a bit pathetic, really. Uh, what's Victoria Beckham looking for? I don't know. Whatever it is, she's not going to find it. Uh, the dad who scooped £14 million on the lottery goes back to work. And the prison drone flyer gets jailed. He was taking in cigarettes. So they've sent him to prison where he can mull it all over. And the doctor who lost nearly 200,000 to a lonely heart sight con man. All of that and more in a minute. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's coming up to four minutes past six. It's Friday, the 22nd of July. The rain is coming in, which is uh, which is quite good, actually. Mind you, everybody else going, oh, no, bring back the sunshine again. Uh, Towie Dimwit, Joey Essex, tries to go out with Stephanie Pratt. She was apparently on another naff old reality show, but, of course, they're just trying to drum up interest in some sort of dating programme, which sounds ghastly if they've got him as one of the presenters. Elton John challenging Prince Harry to put a stop to AIDS. Really? ITV declaring war on Strictly Come Dancing. They're bringing up their own one called Dance, Dance, Dance. They couldn't think of anything else. The inmate killed by Spice. I thought he was perhaps listening to Spice Girls records. It turns out something even worse. And foul-mouthed Bob Geldof rants at the crowd for wearing clothes from Primark. Oh dear, what a shame. And they shall not pass. The villagers who turned up to block the travellers from setting up camp. And they succeeded as well. And they succeeded. It's going to be the start of an uprising, I suspect. Raining in uh, Belsize Park. Guinevere sends her love, says Trelawney. And uh, a lot of people, Stephen Potter's Bar, recommending mashed potato mixed with uh, your favourite peas with grated cheese on top. See, grated cheese. See, me, for breakfast, I think what you do is you cut up some bacon. I'm going to make my mouth water now. Fry it off in a, in a pan. Add some little tiny cocktail sausages, a tin of beans, and pour it over some mashed potato. You won't get any happier meal than that. And uh, Susie says, I love instant mash too. Use it on top of cottage or shepherd's pie. Add some butter, pepper, mustard or horseradish. Delicious. Uh, there's something appealing about it, isn't it, really? Uh, Johnny Boy says, don't do diabetic chocolate. No, I advise people not to as well. It seems to act as a laxative, which is quite great if you're on a long car journey or not. Raining in Northwest Six, Steve, it's lovely. And I'm of an age, say Bob and Julian uh, Cornwall, 
when you got a choice of fruit juices as a starter. Do you remember when you went into a restaurant and they went, would you like fruit juice to start with? That was considered a starter. You got either a grapefruit juice or an orange juice. I used to ask for tomato to confuse them. And they used to say, would you like a starter? And they'd bring you a little orange juice for breakfast, little orange juice. It was quite funny, actually, really. But uh, olive oil from the chemist, that was for putting in your ears. Oh, I used to hate that. I used to hate it. It certainly hasn't happened for years and years. Uh, Steve, M&S Ultimate Mash is the best. I'm very lazy and always take shortcuts, uh, says Amanda in Wickford. And regarding the Loose Women audience, Steve, a few weeks ago, my daughter and I... And her friends were out and about on the South Bank and a couple of ITV people came up to them. Seems the audience for Loose Women was a bit bare and they were asking anybody to fill it in. Needless to say, they were the youngest in the audience, but they did enjoy it. Martin Kemp was the guest. Oh, there you go. You can't complain, can you, if Martin, uh, Martin Kemp was a guest. Portuguese dessert, vanilla ice cream and dash of red port and you'll be hooked, says Jay Patel. Well, that sounds a bit odd, doesn't it? Portuguese dessert, vanilla ice cream. Oh, where on earth did you get that from? Never even heard of it before. Uh, when you stew the apple, says Eugenia. Put a cinnamon stick in there. Thank you. And uh, cheesy mash. Jacket spuds inside, scooped out, mashed with cheese, and then back in. And then do you pop it under the grill? I think, I think it's one of those sort of pop under the grill things. Look at this. Dreadful, isn't it? Talking about food. Uh, Julie says, it's raining in New Malden. I've always lived here. Uh, and I know. And Mark in Brentwood says, Aunt Bessie do mashed pellets. Ah, right. Others are available. Also frozen baby spinach. No, I don't do baby spinach. I really don't. But I might try these, uh, these pellets today. Uh, and then somebody says, Steve Allen show. Top Gear sounds like the type of programme he would like to host. I wouldn't be remotely interested in hosting anything at all on the television. Thank you very much indeed. No amount of money. We've already discussed this before as to the people who will appear on television basically at the drop of a hat. And uh, I've got no interest in that whatsoever. No amount of money would ever tempt you. It depends whether you've got some sort of ego the size of a giant country, isn't it, really? Uh, Jeff reckons a bit of cinnamon to the stewed apple. That's what I said. I think that makes it a bit more festive. Don't you think so? Festive apples. Steve Allen's festive apples. I quite like that idea. I think it's a very good idea. Um, to do. So. I think we should start thinking about it. And then just add some sultanas as well. Don't you think sultanas is, is nice? I think that's a, a brilliant idea. Uh, somebody... Oh, sorry, I said... Reading out my own personal emails now. Uh, so Phil likes thing. My friend Fat, because I'm going to get my eyes tested on Monday to find out whether or not I've got cataracts. Just, just the kind of thing you need, isn't it, really? Not really at all. Um, I'm looking forward to getting my eyes tested. Because having tried, I told you, Lynn's glasses, I, they were so much better than my readers. So much better. Feel sorry for the doctor. Um, Elizabeth Todd. She lost 168000 to a, a con man. Uh, he posed as a millionaire barrister. Uh, he cheated his girlfriend out of £168,000. Uh, he's a serial fraudster. Christopher Heens seduced a doctor on a dating website after convincing her he had a £6 million property portfolio. He gave the impression he represented high-profile clients, but in fact he was unemployed and had just served a two-and-a-half-year prison sentence for fraud. Anyway, he's now serving, I think, actually... Um, six and a half, no, nine and a half years for fraud. Ruined this woman's life. She contemplated suicide. And um, he just spent the money that he took off her to, um, to, um, to sort of get prostitutes and things like that. But anyway, he's now got nine and a half years back in prison. He's obviously one of life's failures. He's a failure to actually achieve anything himself, so we send him back to prison and he can sort of think about it. It's obviously no deterrent, though, is it, really? Uh, MPs say sports directors run like a Victorian workhouse. They've got a lot of work to do there, a lot of work to do there. And baby number five for Jamie Oliver. 
I think we're just into uh, the next sort of few weeks or something like that. Lots of pictures of uh, of George because it's birthday today. And the Wind in the Willows is back at Kew Gardens. So just the right place for it, I think. Uh, front page of the Express today. Uh, why nuts and olive oil can help be- beat diabetes. And more on the uh, the travellers who were thwarted from moving on to a, a field. They blocked the road. And uh, it's been made safe. They've uh, got farm implements along there. They didn't want uh, the travellers there filling it up with their filthy rubbish and everything else. And so they've, they've done what everybody else does. You go out to the countryside, you see blocks of concrete everywhere, purely to keep travellers off. Purely to keep travellers off, because they've just got no manners whatsoever. They don't know how to uh, treat people's land. I told you, we had tonnes of rubbish. cost the best part of about 15,000 quid. Why did they not leave them on there, block them in, and then say, cough up the money... And then we'll let you off there after we've, we've got the money so we can clear it out. Why should, why should councils have to pay for it, which is ultimately us, you. You have to pay for these people. They can't live with everybody else. What you want to do is lift it all up in a thing and just drop it onto one of their sites where they move on to and go, well, it's your rubbish. It's your rubbish. Uh, round the U-Bend, that's what they've said of him. The plumber who won the, the 14 million, 15 million, and he went back to work. They've said he's mad. Why? Why do people think that if you win money... You automatically have to stop work. I mean, what do you do when you stop work? You do holidays, and then once you've found nobody else to go on holiday with, what do you do then? You sit back and you go, this is it for the rest of your life. No, you've got to keep your brain active. You've got to keep your brain active. Uh, the judge freeing, totally against everybody's uh, best wishes, a benefits cheat. This is Wendy Robinson. Wendy Robinson's an old fraudster. And there's a lot more. She's probably just the tip of the iceberg, I would think. But uh, she told officials in 1998 that she'd been left to raise her two daughters alone after the death of her partner, called David Spite. But uh, David Spite was alive and well. He took her brother's name, David Robinson, and the couple continued to live together as brother and sister. She's a a fraudster. That's what she is. They pocketed handouts intended for the seriously disabled and single parents, while the couple used the cash to buy two houses. She was finally found out after a 2013 query over her council tax claim. She was overpaid 98000 I mean, seriously, is this some, something wrong, isn't there, here? She said she persisted with the husband deception until the day of her trial when she pleaded guilty. You crooked old bent fraudster. Robinson comes from Ghoul. You know what they call people from Ghoul, don't you? She admitted illegally claiming income support, council tax, housing, disability benefits and not disclosing her physical uh, abilities had improved. She was given an 18-month sentence, suspended for two years. She now uses a wheelchair, but I mean, you can't trust her at all, can you, really? But she's been spared jail because of her health. Why? Why? Why not send her to prison? Rot in there. Do we get the 100,000 back again? Flog one of the houses, get the money back. I don't understand why council... I mean, it's their fault in the first minute for sort of handing it all out, isn't it? Uh, frozen Tesco mash is one of the best with butter and milk. I didn't like the Iceland mash, though. You see, everybody's got different tastes, haven't they? I like it. I'd like mash full stop. Raining in Hartford. Raining in Hartford. Lovely. Thank you very much indeed. We'd like to know which raining this morning. In fact, the more rain that we get, the happier I am. The happier I am. A lot of people are thinking I would be good presenting uh, Top Gear. No, thank you very much indeed. Luckily, I don't know anything about cars. I just know petrol goes in one end. And, uh, and that's, that's about it, actually. Or you put air in the tyres. Uh, forget, uh, forgot to add Adele, says Michael. Played the first of two shows in Vancouver last night. Packed arena. She loved meeting a cat called Larry in a local cat cafe. As much coverage as the concert, which was great. No swearing, but she talked about Larry. Yeah. I think she just does sort of, you know, different different things. 
<laughs> I think that's as far as it goes. Maddie says, mornings would not be the same without you, Steve. And Grace says, I don't peel Bramley apples. A lot of fibre in the skin. Just chop the apple, put it in a shallow dish. You don't need to put sugar in. Try some sorbet. I love sorbet, actually. Raspberry sorbet is quite a, quite a popular one for me. And uh, they've got ice cream cones. Knickerbocker Glory flavour in Iceland. Have they really? Sometimes it takes a while for it to reach all the, uh, the different places, doesn't it? But uh, I don't mind, actually. I don't mind. I don't mind waiting for anything like that. You've got to have fill-in for in-conversation. That uh, Tesco's buttery mash, very nice. couple of minutes in the microwave. It's amazing how we all love mashed potato, isn't it? Thank goodness. Uh, still to come, um, the prison drone flyer who's been jailed and the world's first double hand transplant. I mean, quite an achievement. I'll tell you, we're moving in leaps and bounds. It's amazing. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 6.20. There you go. If you're clock watching, I'm being good. I'm telling you it's 6.20. And uh, there is the chance it might rain today. And that's the, that's the next bit of good news. So, um, Len Goodman from Strictly Come Dancing has called for Anton Dubeck, Tony Beek, to fill his shoes on the hit show. He said it would be nice if uh, Tony Beek or Karen Hardy took over. Somebody from the world of ballroom rather than stage or theatre dancing. The trouble is, Tony Beek's a bit creepy, isn't he? He's a little bit mm, smarmy, a little bit smarmy, a little bit too smug. And so Karen Hardy, I don't know. Is Karen, I'm now trying to remember. I've probably got this completely wrong. Is Karen Hardy the one who was going out with Christopher Dean? Or am I getting this completely wrong? Who was the one that he went out with who had an argument with somebody on, on the ice dancing? Is that somebody different? I don't know, I get confused with all the different people that people go out with. But uh, definitely not Tony Beak. No, let's find somebody else, please. Let's find somebody, somebody different. Somebody not as, not as cheesy. We don't want cheesy. Cheesy's horrible. Mark said, do you remember Toasty Toppers? Looked like baby food, but tasted great. It's, yeah, I mean, the trouble, I'll tell you with the problem with that stuff. You toast the bread, wouldn't you? Then you put the Toasty Toppers stuff on, which was cheese and bacon or anything else. It did look a bit like baby sick. And then you'd put it under the grill and it would bubble up. And you had to wait till it cooled down completely. Because otherwise it would take the roof of your mouth off. It was blooming dangerous, I think. And <laughs> because I, I did try it. I did try it on a few occasions. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And um, uh, somebody here. To, I don't know. These, these must be coming in for somebody else. Because somebody says, I predict by the end of the year, Ken Clark will finally realise nobody cares what he thinks. And uh, Brexit means Brexit. Ban for life means ban for life. He went beyond the edge, encouraging racist views. Should have been banned sooner. So I've got no idea what that is about. It's obviously not sent to me. It obviously must be sent into somebody else, and it's only just arrived on the system. Um, Steve Allen, you thought about all the pressure you're putting on the NHS, buying all that ice cream and sugar, using my tax money. Yeah, I want to use all your tax money. I want to bankrupt you completely. Wait a minute. No friends. <laughs> I love it. Stop eating sugar. Oh, honestly, we dragged them all out today. Does Matron know you're out using the phone? You'll be in dreadful trouble. Lorraine says, I like crushed potato skins uh, with butter, sautéed onions and whole mustard. Mm, yeah, I quite like the idea of sautéed onions. I think you can win anybody over with sautéed onions, can't you? A hot dog with sautéed onions. Or failing that liver and bacon with sautéed onions. Now, that is delicious, but not everybody likes liver. I appreciate that it's, uh, it's an acquired taste, but I love liver bacon, gravy and mashed potato. <laughs> and I think that's lovely. But you say to some people, you know, liver, and they go, ugh, horrible. They hate it. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Odd, isn't it? Uh, Marilyn 
says, I simmer strawberries in boiling water for 15 minutes. No sugar, not a lot of water. Delicious on ice cream or on cereals. I don't do cereal. I don't do cereal. I haven't done cereal for a while. I did do one a, a short while ago, and then I suddenly realised that maybe maybe it wasn't particularly good for me first thing in the morning, so I didn't uh, really bother. So I think I'll have uh, I'll have some more uh, some more sugary things, which is very exciting. 7,000 migrants are crammed into the Calais jungle camp, waiting for the chance to get into Britain. So we've got to make sure we tighten up those borders very quickly. We don't want that many people coming in. We can't control things as it is. Things have got very mad, haven't they? Uh, the X Factor hits... Date. We would most like to quiz our first dates about criminal records, debt and their exes, but are too scared to ask. Other tricky questions are about salary, if you want to get married and if they own their own property. Imagine giving people a questionnaire. I'd like to go out with you. I think you're very nice indeed, but can you tell me the following? Are you solvent? Do you own a property? You rent. Okay. what sort of job do you do? You're unemployed at the moment. What what did you do before you were unemployed? More unemployed. Okay. so not looking problems. Did you own a car? No, obviously, because you're on benefits. Have you got a bus pass? You know, all these things you have to ask somebody. It's difficult, isn't it? Years ago, you never worried about asking somebody about things like that. But if, if you're a famous person in America, if you're a famous person, then they have to sign these prenups. If you've got any, any money, they want to make sure that they're actually going to hang on to it. And uh, Steve, like great cheese, diced ham and finely chopped tomatoes, salt and pepper, put it on the toast, back onto the grill. Pizza toast, says Dave in Croydon. In Croydon, that would be pizza toast. Anywhere else, that would be ghastly. Uh, 84850, uk. Um, on, didn't we have a lovely day, the day we went to Bangor? It was, isn't it? And it was, was it Fiddler's Dram? Sometimes I'm just amazingly good at remembering the names of these groups who were terribly successful years and years ago. And uh, another one here. And uh, quick note, uh, it was Ed, was it Edward Heath who didn't like Margaret Thatcher, says Amber, um, because she was Prime Minister? Or was it Harold Wilson? Well, Edward Heath was also Prime Minister. Uh, Edward Heath always has the, uh, the corners of the lips down. That means he never smiles. Well, he does, actually. I've, I've seen him smile. In fact, in the photograph that's in the papers today, you will see him actually smiling. It's a bit creepy, but uh, nevertheless, he does smile. And he always <laughs> and the shoulders would go up and down when he laughed. He didn't laugh that often, but that's what he was, that's what he was famous for. Uh, Kylie Minogue. I mean, you know, I don't think I would complain at Kylie Minogue records being banged out at a very loud volume. But uh, Michael Debenham was taken to court for breaching a noise abatement notice four times in 24 hours. Bit of a stupid man. Turns out he's an alcoholic. Uh, what they've done is they've, uh, they've seized his sound equipment and it's been destroyed. He was fined £440 and he's been told to go and get some help. That's the trouble, though, is it? When somebody's got, you know, medical problems and alcoholism is a medical problem now, you have to try and treat people and uh, you have to try and help them. I don't know why it's self-inflicted. Although you will hear Hunter Davis telling me tomorrow morning he does not believe that Paul Gascoigne is an alcoholic. He does not believe he's an alcoholic. So you'll have to listen to that conversation. Because I said he's an alcoholic. He said, no, I don't believe he is. And bear in mind, Hunter ghosted his book. So he knows him probably better than most. It's a fascinating interview tomorrow. And with Tom Ellis as well. Uh, Tom, of course, from Lucifer. So that'll be between six and seven tomorrow. And Hunter Davis will be talking about the Beatles. And we'll be talking about his latest book, which is about the Lake District. His, uh, he's 80 years old. He, the running gag... In the interview, he says to me, did I mention my age? And I said, yes, only a few times. He said, I'm 80, you know. And he t- but he's very lucid, he's very chatty. Uh, his wife died 
earlier this year. I think she died in about February. So he decided to sell the house. They had a house together in the Lake District district for about 30 years. And he said he couldn't face going back in there because uh, they knew the area so well. And the, the book that he's done is beautiful. It's really beautiful. It's got lots of lots of pictures and photos in from his own collection. So they're old postcards that they've uh, that they've done in the book again. And it's lovely. But he said, I had to sell the house, he said, because I'd come back from a walk and she'd leave a note working. Don't disturb because she did her writing. Her name was Margaret Forster. And she was famous for writing Georgie Girl. You remember the uh, the book, which then got turned into the film with Lynn Redgrave. And he did ask at the oh, I'll let him tell the story tomorrow. It's a great story. He tells some good stories. Very good. So Tom Ellis. Tomorrow, and Hunter Davis for In Conversation. That'll be between 6 and 7 a.m., repeated on Sunday evening at 9 o'clock. And then there's the best of Steve Allen. Very funny. The producer's going to enjoy listening back to that again. That'll be very good. And that'll be tomorrow between 5 and 6, and it's the best bits of the programme over the last week. So I think we managed to do it all today. Um, the, the first double-hand transplant, the only thing I kept thinking when I was looking at it is that the, the person whose hands he inherited... Um, I don't know how you donate hands. I mean, it's like, you know, how much spare part surgery can go. They've only done it about, about 80 times, so not, not that many times. But it seems to work perfectly. He's gradually getting a bit more feeling in there. I think it's tremendously clever. I mean, good God, when you think what we can do nowadays, and now we can do hand transplants. Do a double hand transplant. But he's look, And I kept thinking that the other person bit their nails. That's funny, the things you think of. And you're getting used to it being... I mean, I'd feel a bit creepy about it. That's somebody else's hand. It's not your hand, it's somebody else's. I know you're operating it, but it's somebody else's hand, which means that they had to take it off the last person who died. I don't know how they, how they do things like that, but anyway. Uh, the one-year-old girl's hand blistered off. She puts her hand on a hot slide in a park. Presumably her mother was not supervising because it was one of the hottest days of the year. Now she said signs should be put up, I'm assuming in about 24 different languages because that's about the amount of people who use these kiddies' parks. Uh, the Loose Women bosses trying to shake up the series... It's not really working at the moment, is it? Martin Frizzell pushed the, uh, the figures up there, and now they've got to try and hang on to it. But it's no good putting the same dreary people on, so I'm afraid you're still going to have to suffer with all the usual, the usual people. ITV declaring war on Strictly with their programme called Dance, Dance, Dance. Uh, unfortunately, they've run out of celebrities. There is nobody now to put on these programmes. So you have to put people on who've been on reality shows. Hence, you know, the Stephanie Pratt's and the Jamie, uh, the uh, Joey Essex's of this world. You know, there's a limit to how many times we can laugh and point at the silly Essex boy and the bimbo from Chelsea. But that's what we have to do nowadays. So we'll do it. Uh, also, Bob Geldof makes all the papers today just foul-mouthed and passed his sell-by. He never was a rock and roll star. He never was the big star in his little tiny mind he thought he was. He was just the bloke who had a few hit singles. Last number one was in 1979. How far back do you want to go? And he's reached the dizzy heights of the Brentwood Music Festival. Woo! That's like playing Shea Stadium for Bob Geldof. It's either that or being a wedding singer, but as he can't really sing, we don't really want him, do we? But foul mouths in front of children, not good news. Uh, that's it for this morning. Have a fantastic weekend. I hope you'll join me tomorrow morning between five and six for the best of Steve Allen and six to seven for In Conversation. And you can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. All you have to do is download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet. And never miss a moment. Leading Britain's conversation at seven this morning. It's Nick Ferrari at breakfast. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at Steve Allen Show. At Steve Allen Show. And I was right. Fiddler's Dram. Trip to Bangor. 1979. Steve, you are perfectly right as always. Bless your heart. Coming up next, Lisa Aziz with the morning news. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday. And Saturday and Sunday from 5am.